Welcome to Prussian Socialism, bringing you culture, whether you like it or not. Instead of our usual method of talking about a person or a place or a war or an idea, we're going to talk about, well, we are going to talk about an idea yeah. uh, <laughs> rather than more concrete things. Right. So a couple, couple weeks ago, I was reading about, I was reading Metapedia. You know, Metapedia is like a Wikipedia for people who know things. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's nice because... I mean, I, I use Wikipedia for just general fact information, but Metapedia for ideological articles, mm. or I shouldn't say ideological, just fact-based things that would be propagandized in Wikipedia. Right. It's really good. And so there's this article in the in German Metapedia, they've got it in a bunch of European languages, that is not in any other language, unfortunately, uh, and it defines what is a people. And reading this was very enlightening because it just, it traces out an idea that I think I had formed independent or, you know, independently, but I'd never really put down or right. never really thought about as, as well, how do you define that? And so I'll just read it first and we can talk about this. So the definition is a folk is a, a human society that is bound together through the same ancestry, the same racial basis, the same language and culture, the same customs, and a common home territory and a common fate, as well as a collective historical uh, self-consciousness, and is thereby defined from its neighboring peoples. So this provides like a bunch of different sort of uh, criteria on by which you can look at something in history and say okay is this a people is that a people because i think the way it's often talked about is that say the germans have always existed right or the the french have always existed but the americans are a new people mm -hmm. but this that particular conceit i think is only in america i don't think other peoples tend to say this uh, i think other peoples i think in europe it's generally understood that a nation has evolved out of something from somewhere right and probably has an endpoint uh yeah, a life cycle of some kind yeah right so everything is born everything lives and then everything dies so it's same with civilizations on a large scale well the way i was thinking about this so you know how in history you'll read about certain peoples and you'll wonder well where did this people come from and then where did they go right like the normans well every, we know that the normans were Scandinavians who settled in northern France, Normandy, adopted French speech, and then they invaded England, conquered England. They also invaded southern Italy and right. Sicily, and they also were a big player in the Crusades. But then by about 1150 or so, nobody talks about Normans anymore, even though everyone was talking about them in the 1060s. Right. And at this point in time, the genetics of these Normans must have been all over the place at that point. Yeah. So it's like, where did this people go? There's no like, there's no clear fall story like you'd have with like the Roman Empire or like a, a clear state where there's, okay, there's the yep. Byzantine Empire fell on May 29th, 1453, when the Turk roaches invaded <laughs> and destroyed their capital. Right. This is a clear thing. Uh, a delineation other, of death. <laughs> other peoples. I mean, the, the, the Visigoths or yep. the Franks or the Saxons, the Franconians, you could place in, you could say over a period of centuries, okay, this was a people, but where did this people go? Right. And this definition, I think, is very good because it clears up from a historical point of view, but also going into 
in a modern politics, like it makes certain things very clear and makes things much more, um, much easier to understand in like a useful and practical way. Right. So what are some of the, what kinds of things have you heard people assert about what a people is or talking about whites or something about who we are? What? So uh, <laughs> there's been, because I, I feel like there's just this the mind mixing, this yeah. uh, thought warbling mm-hmm. in in uh, I guess in the West in general. In the West in about, general, about this sort of. But thing. I'd say it's more specifically in the United States, uh, as far as as far as this question is concerned. The, the Europeans have a little better grasp of what the delineations of peoples are. I'd imagine uh, just because they had to deal with it more so. But we see this a lot in like the American movements and whatnot uh, is how they classify white or you know race or whatever. And before the show, you brought up a really good point about the problematic element of utilizing the the word white, right? As far as this this, this definition of what a people is, because no one really seems to have a, have a consensus on that. Are the Italians white? Are the Russians white? Are are the French white? Right? <laughs> you know, uh, there's there's a bunch of different. Um, there's a bunch of different elements here. So, like, what are some of the foolish things? I suppose that well, we, there's there's or, there's a there's a difference between Nate there between race right. and a people. Right. First of all, yeah. So, white is a racial category. Right. And so, it's a very uh, loose racial category too, which is I right, think and, a very problematic it, element. It brings up the question: Are are we asserting that whites, all whites, the entire white race, should be united? Right. And that's that's which a I don't think question. that question's ever really been seriously talked about. True, because I mean, recently. do all whites and do do all members of a of a of a racial group fit into what is considered a people, or you know, a culture, language, and all these other types of things, or the ideology, the spirit, right? As we're going to talk about idea ideas here and ideologies, the spirit, the soul of a folk, right? Like that's kind of the driving factor here. So what are, you asked, what are some of the things we've heard about race, right? Like some of, what are the, right. like, and I'd imagine probably some of the, the more foolish things that we've heard. Or, yeah, or, yeah. Well, obviously we've heard the one where Italians aren't white, right? Like that's just, right. I mean, you can't say that when uh, basically all of our great architecture comes from the Mediterranean and the Greeks and the, and the, and the Romans, right? Like that basically all of Western civilization is, is founded on these principles. The Italian uh, language, the old Latin language uh, is the foundation root of basically all of Western Western uh, language. Basically. Don't forget the Renaissance. Right, the Renaissance. And, fantastic. and Dante. Uh, oh, listen, there's really... We there's gave a, you Dante. Right, there's a lot of really nice stuff that came out of, of, of Italy. And the Italians now, if anybody goes to Italy... You fit right in, even as a Westerner. I mean, like, sure, they have some, you know, they're, they're, they're there's loud. a little bit of bibbity boppity, yeah, right. You know, a little, like, little bit of this with and their that, hands and doing stuff. But again, it's that's just again elements of, of that of that ethnic uniqueness. It's like going to from. New York or New Jersey. Yeah, more new, like New yeah. York is a <laughs> yeah. other elements. It's def- yeah, different, uh, different, different mad mixture there. But um, as far as just foolish things that uh, you hear, are the Irish white? Right, like as far as and and we're well, let's say this as as what is considered foolish when labeling white because white is a nebulous concept for the most part and I know that's going to sound ridiculous coming from this podcast. Well, no, no, hold on. White is a no. White is a racial category. Well, ra- white is a racial category, but 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 also, we're, what, what the problem in all these questions are so and so white is that it is in a way getting at a certain truth because the, right. the the person is suggesting well. These people aren't maybe this group isn't necessarily part of our political people. Right. Yeah. Which in the case of like the Russians is obviously true. I mean, yeah. Russians in Russia are not part of our people. So this is like a clear 
distinction yeah doesn't necessarily mean they're an enemy but right. they're a clear outside group and they're also clearly white they are white yeah from an anthropological you point of view cannot deny that so it, blonde hair blue-eyed slobs of you know st petersburg are not so know, it, it is white i mean anytime these sorts of things are said it's I think most people intend them humorously. Are the Russians white? Like, I this would is a, hope so, a humorous but way of saying too much of a, a problem I of, think. of expressing a truth. Right. That they are of a different people, but yeah. that they are you know, clearly the eye can discern that a Russian is racially white. Right. Oh, and there's another another aspect of this too is the problem with national labeling muddying the waters of what is considered within our with even even within the anthropological categorization of white right so there are white mexicans people don't think that there's any type of mexicans that are white because they utilize the term mexican right, right. and when we think of the word mexican we think of literally little brown aztecs running around right, right. cutting people's hearts out because or of, cutting people's grass or, or that yeah, right <laughs> they've evolved a bit right <laughs> well they've, types, they've always been good at landscaping though. right yeah different type of uh, you know sacrifice um but the thing is when you think of the word mexican you think of aztecs you don't think of the spanish conquerors that created mexico and that's a that's a major problem because when when you have um, guys that are again the span are the Spanish white there's a ma- that's a, that's been a question that has been stupidly brought up uh, in the movement multiple times yes of course the Spanish are white like that's all like Europe they they created racism according to the liberal left right with with the concept of, of, of blue veins of the blue bloods so if the Spanish are attributed to original racist sin they clearly then are even if even if we don't classify them as part of Western civilization. They're lumped in with this. I anyway. mean, the Spanish were were the leading nation they of are, Europe from fifteen hundred to sixteen fifty. Right, say. they they totally were, and I mean, again, anthropologically, racially, they are they're white. Obviously, they're white. You know, they have a lot of them have different. You know, blondes, blue eyes, brown hair. You know, whatever they they look like, they're 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 like every other European, um, and a lot of them did come from Visigoths and Germanic descent, and you know, Celts before them, and all types of groups, the Latins, the Romans. These are Europeans. These are white people. But the categorization of white dissipates as soon as you start putting national labels on stuff like Mexican. All of a sudden, this person's no longer Spanish. He's somehow Mexican, and therefore his race changes. And that's, that is kind of where I was getting at of this. Not that it actually is nebulous in a scientific manner of using the word white, but it has become nebulous because of these, these national labels that are get placed on things. Um, and we see this. Right. With, I mean, you know, like, so like in the case of a white Mexican or more pertinent to American politics, a white Cuban. Right. Like Marco Rubio. Or, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Who are some uh, uh, Ted Cruz? Right. These are Cubans. These are whites. Right. I, I, I do think from a from our point of view, it's important to distinguish because while they are whites, these guys clearly have political interests that are contrary to the political interests of the vast majority of white Americans. Right. True. They are not part of our people, even though they are racially white. Right. And now that isn't to say that people who are Cuban uh, whites or Mexican whites cannot assimilate. Now, this right. is a, a Francis Parker Yoki point hmm. that you, if you are white, if you have the same racial basis yeah, as your same stock as the people yeah. you can you can immigrate in and then if you adopt the culture the language you assimilate you can become part of the people and you can start to your descendants will start to see themselves as being part of that group i mean right. uh, my grandfather came from southern italy uh he <laughs> you know it's you know, from, from a spanglerian point of view <laughs> uh you know yeah. we we are unchanged since the days of pythagoras sweet though <laughs> that, 
That's pretty sweet. <laughs> but, you know, right. uh, I am fully assimilated into Western civilization. Right, of course. So that's, that's I think, a, a, like a, a useful way to look at it. Yeah, as far as assimilation is concerned. But it has the mentality has to be there. Again, the spirit has to be there. This, this overarching metaphysical aspect that's not based on materialism and i think we were going to get into that probably a little bit later but you know we can kind of just jump into that because again people focus on the material more so than the spiritual a lot of times when it comes to these types of things and not necessarily in a religious sense but a this is like a, well I, I think all of this the problem of, of white uh or of, of uh discussing race and not understanding that a people is distinct from a race right has led to a confusion in discussions of geopolitics especially mm -hmm. so we're talking about the war in ukraine this was a very useful thing politically when the war in ukraine broke out because it immediately showed who was not part of our people there were certain people whites who were yeah. involved in this sort of politics who immediately started screaming that we need to support ukraine it's like ah identified yeah. you are you look like us you are part of our you know you're anthropologically like we're the same yeah. but your political interests are clearly divergent from ours yeah because social interests in any any people is founded i mean this is going off a is a yoki point as mm -hmm. well that a people has to have a frontier and that's yes. not just necessarily a physical frontier i mean it could be a, a, an enemy that you're fighting could be right. the, the challenge of overcoming nature it was the case of america i mean the indians weren't really that much of an obstacle right it was it was the whatever for the early settlers yes but later on it just became a landslide yeah but in our case like the the pressure the frontier that is forcing whites in and we'll call it uh, Western people right. or Western kind. Oh, Western uh, kind. <laughs> I, I won't do that. Uh, <laughs> Western people. Right. To become a people is international Jewish finance. Yes, unfortunately. And, you know, you, you see with the, the Ukraine war, if your first instinct is, well, we need to help Ukraine, well, you're probably not part of our people. Because that, 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 that is a secondary concern, far secondary, tertiary, compared to we need to free ourselves from international Jewish finance. And then whatever happens between the Dnieper and the Donets, like, we can work it out right. to the interests of our total group and not to the interests of a narrow class of oligarchs. Right. And... Yeah, so there's there's uh, there's many people that would agree with us from history on that that uh, are considered controversial in this movement as well. <laughs> oh, like Hitler? Well, no, well, no, not him. Uh, he definitely obviously that's not, I, he's not controversial. But <laughs> <laughs> I meant I meant actual controversial individuals that that also amir agreed with the leaving basically the East to the Slavdom effectively. Our fun, <laughs> our fun half breed. Oh, are you? Oh, uh, Calergi? Yeah, Calergi's concept oh. of, of the uh, of the East being left to its own devices, right? And that they they were culturally different than the rest of Western Europe. Um, we we're discussing, you know. Well, yeah, literally Nazis. everybody in the early twentieth century thought that. I don't. I, yeah. I actually, whether they be a Nazi or a a globalist stooge, I don't yeah. think anybody back then Had thought thought of it. Russia as well, especially the Soviet Union, right, as being part of western civilization yeah because there was a break at, at one point in time though and this 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 is a this is a strange thing for 
our, our poor Russian friends. At one point in time, there was a point where Russia was on the brink of totally becoming assimilated into Western civilization, right? Where you had Catherine the Great, you had the, the great absolutist monarchs in there. Uh, you had a ton of German influence uh, up until basically the revolution. Um, Russia was effectively, Russia's chances of becoming part of the West were destroyed in 1917. Um, at that point in time, after that, there has just never been another there's really no way for it to look back. They've, they've completely left the Western sphere uh, in, in any capacity, whether it be socially, culturally, um, you know, and most, in almost any capacity, with the exception of them assimilating some of our arts that they had taken from the thing like ballet and whatnot and certain architectural things. Uh, but again, they have made that Russian. Right, they have taken it and made it Russian. They've they've made it not Western. Um, they've they've made it unique to themselves. Um, and this is obviously not like yeah. a negative or a positive element. It's just simply an analysis. Of I mean, it's it, it's a this is of course a controversial point that you know whether the Russians are or aren't part of Western civilization. But right. you know, it, it wasn't a controversial point in the past. No. It was like clearly they're not. And it's something that you know, I, I if you'd asked me at twenty if. If like Russians are part of Western civilization, I probably would have said yes. Mm-hmm. But having like gone there and studied them for years, nah, yeah, <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I, I I have to agree with with Spangler, Yoki, Hitler, and Kalergi yeah. on, <laughs> on this one. Yeah, and, and and it makes it makes total sense. Um, and but looking at it more so on the micro scale on back into western civilization right as far as denoting what is a people even amongst the west between the spanish between the italians the french the germans uh you know brits scandos all of it um the things that unify us i happen to be there's there's these and this is we have to choose our words carefully right because this is a this is a very delicate subject in order to uh you don't want to mince words uh and you don't want to to mislabel certain things when discussing this because you can really influence the minds of a lot of people uh negatively if, if we if we choose the wrong words for for describing this the unification of western civilization even beyond the ethnic divides uh from these different nations right so nationalism uh for all its all its good that it has done, uh, has also had some negative consequences, and that is the division of what is to be the people of the West. Right, the people of the West, uh, as one unified group, can't really get past the barrier of nationalism on that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, simply just because, well, I mean, it's, it's the nature of nationalism is to be that isolationist element, even against what has evolved to be a unified people across borders. Um, and again, this is, I would say this is a controversial well, to, to I, get into. I, I don't know. Is it like... It shouldn't be. In So nationalism in, you know, Europe became... Well, let's define nationalism first. So nationalism is the political opinion that people who speak the same language and have the same cultural and same racial basis ought to live together under the same political order. Right. That's nationalism. Now that's... But it's a little bit stricter than that because I think... I think all Western all Westerners agree with that, and since I don't know Barbarossa would agree sort of with that. Well, I don't know. Putting I'd that nationalism is putting that principle as the number one fact of all politics, right? And saying this is the ideal is is breaking down our civilization or or having people organized politically according to their their nation, yeah, their their, micro, their, cul- their, their culture, their language, right? These these micro elements within the macrosphere and that really only became the prevailing political attitude 
around 1800. Yeah, like post-Napoleon. Like Napoleon. Napoleon, I guess you could... Yeah, Napoleon was trying to build an empire. I mean, he was a French nationalist, but he wanted... But, like, nationalism... I mean, you could go far as far back as as uh, Westphalia. Yeah, with uh, but it was really born, I guess, sixteen forty eight after Napoleon is when when you had like these rise of these quote unquote nationalist movements, like like yeah. eighteen or Spain, Italy, Germany. These things were born out of the oppression of the French in a, in a sense, you know. Um, so like, it it made sense in the time as far as a defensive purpose is concerned, like. I can see where you would need to have unifications of, of these different geographic areas. But at the same time, the double-edged sword to that is that while you had these great unifying elements to societies that needed to be unified, right? The German-speaking groups or the French-speaking groups, Spanish, Italians, all these other things. What it did is put on the world stage this element that you had to be unduly loyal to a flag or the idea of a nation and not to the overall people of the West. Um, and I think you've got something there because before 1800 or go way back, let's say 1500. Yeah. I think Westerners would have been more loyal to their uh, their dynasty. Yeah, the kings. Whoever their king was, whatever be his language or, yeah. uh, or his cult, you're your dynast was your the focus of your loyalty and yep. your your religion catholic or protestant would be the focus of your loyalty and so there was in a way a bit more of a, a unifying principle there yeah uh and this is actually a leopold ranke point too uh leopold ranke is the 18 mid 1800s german uh, historian he's the guy this is this is shocking to me because like he hasn't talked about enough this is the guy that founded like the research maybe not the research university per se, but he's the one who founded, who started the idea or really codified the idea of history should be based on the study of primary sources and the university should be at the higher level should be modeled on a seminar. Yeah. Like th- this guy did this and this, these are taken for granted today everywhere. This is normal. And yeah. <laughs> he is the guy that came up with all this, but like, unless you're a PhD in history, you probably never heard of him. Mm. But anyway, his point on the foundation of the West or like how the West came to be a people was essentially that you had the Germanic peoples and the Latin peoples. And these two groups were sort of had a cultural continuity among them from the get go being formerly pagan, now Christian. But what what melded pantheons, what 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 melded the Germanic and the Latin was the Volkerwanderung, Mm -hmm. the movements of the barbarian or the Germanic peoples into the former Roman Empire, one. And then two, the the Crusades and the common enterprises of the high medieval era. Right. And effectively what became the Holy Roman Empire and then the Crusade, because, again, they, they during the same time of the Crusades in the Levant, there were still ongoing crusades in the east against Slavdom. And people tend to forget this, that that was a unification of the Western peoples against the east. Mm-hmm. Um, even, though, even though they were racially the same, right? The, the Baltic peoples and everything else like that, they were all blue-eyed Aryans and whatnot, but the Germanic Teutons and whatnot uh, were, were nonetheless tasked by the Pope to go eradicate these pagans and assimilate these people into, into oh, convert, the West. convert. Convert, convert, sorry, convert. Uh, by the sword. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but, but the thing is, is that this was, a, this was a dividing line 
right? Like this was a legitimate cultural dividing line between West and East at the time, um, where you had this this movement uh, towards Levant, movement towards the, this this uh, this the, the Eastern Steps. Drangnach uh, uh, Austin. Right, the entire Drangnach Austin. Right, like we've talked about this, I think, a few times. Uh, in the the show. push to the east. Yeah, and it and and that unifies Western civilization. And on top of that, not and we can skip a, a few centuries here. The Drangnach Vestin, effectively, right? Whenever, mm-hmm. whenever that happened, you had a coalition. The Spanish, the Spanish conquistadors were not simply Spanish, and this is something that is a complete big myth uh, throughout. I guess all of Western history at this point, um, the Spanish conquistadors were not all Spanish. You had Italians, you had French, you had Germans that would change their yeah. names in order to get rank and position under King Ferdinand's rule. Um, again, we were talking about well, every, you know, everybody who knows Columbus was an Italian, right? Verrazano, but no. I, there was yeah, there was a bunch in, in like, like South America, oh, yeah. like Germ- like a straight up, which yeah, I forget which principality founded a, a, a colony in in South America somewhere. A, Ger- a German principality founded, yeah. and eventually was taken over by the Spanish. But yeah, but the thing is, is that these this was a coalition of the West, right? It was the Spanish. It was under the, Spanish leadership, of course. Right, but, of course, it was under Spanish leadership. But that but that goes back to what we're talking about, monarchy, right? Like these people were loyal to the crown, uh, certain crowns under the West. And we can see this kind of unification of the West through intermarriage of monarchy as well. I mean, you have almost every monarchical family in Western Europe intermarried in some way, shape, or form. The Habsburgs did it, the, the Hohenzollerns, right? I mean, the Spanish eventually became Habsburg at that point as far as monarchy is concerned. But again, all of Western civilization was adhering to their individual, you know, whoever ruled over their specific things, but all the rulers were effectively united as Western Europeans. It transcended nationalism. The monarchies ex- that transcended the concepts of So nationalism. are you saying that the period of monarchy was better than the period of nationalism? Uh, that is a personal opinion of mine, but yes. <laughs> oh, you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, while I will agree with you that the period of monarchy uh, from and feudalism before that uh, up to absolute monarchy the period of a thousand to 1700 right was europe culturally was maybe not politically but culturally was more united right right and that's probably where i was going with that and that nationalism did in bring in this this cutting up Mm -hmm. of that former unity by making people's primary object of their loyalty their nation state rather than the greater civilization. I will agree with you on this. Right, right. However, I think the stage of nationalism was useful. I will be- agree. Because yeah. it sorted people, it sorted the European peoples more efficiently to make them the proper building blocks of an even more awesome thing, an imperium. Totally agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think the next, the the evolution out of nationalism. Because before been- that, you couldn't have built a, a European imperial imperium like the holy roman empire mm. or the papacy or uh habsburg spain was necessarily a pretty sloppy thing right because well it's just that's given of the time right so and then the nationalism then consolidating things into organized building blocks then then you can that, go, are, that are rational i mean it is rational to put people of the same no, speech and the it, same it's habits totally logical and that's the thing together nationalism was born out of the rationalism of the enlightenment Totally, mm. totally makes sense, right? And it's probably one of the greatest elements that came out of the Enlightenment was nationalism. With that being said, though, once Europe had become, you know, 
a, an empire again, you would again necessarily have to have some form of you know singular rulership. Again, I, I don't I don't think King Adolf has a bad ring to it. <laughs> you know, uh, as far as who would have ruled over the Western peoples at that point in time after nationalism. Imperator Occidentis. See. How good does that sound? <laughs> and and everybody would have understood that because you have a Western civilization. Hitler adored uh, Rome. He adored Greece, right? He and he he ragged on Himmler for loving you know the the mud brick <laughs> peasants of the ancient Germany. And not the same. I don't know. I'm not to go. I love him too. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. Because the, there's you have to. I'm not a, usually a Himmler guy, but you know, kinda, I kind of see. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of it as well because there's there's a root um, there's a root culture there that does make sense. This is like the, the stemming origins, right, of of Western civilization is is this pagan? Yeah, and hey, if we don't have a culture, we're just going to make it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you're technically oh, you're larping of, like uh, well, every, everybody's larping until, until it's real until it's real. Right, exactly. So, and that's the thing about creating cultures and creating things, or whatever, is that like it takes a it takes a uh, you know a, a push in a new direction to create something that eventually becomes real, but. You know, as, as with that being said, though Himmler Himmler had his his uh, his love of, of of the pagan ways, but the leadership that was Hitler was the Romanesque, the Greek, right? Like that was the idea. Again, if Hitler was considered the monarch of the time, people in Germany were following along in that in that method of of of, of ideology, um, and then obviously backed up by by our good dr goebbels uh and his propaganda of that because while and there was a mixture i think there was a good melding eventually that came out of that was a melding between uh the classical uh you know antiquity and the the pagan origins of the people there's a, there's a good melding here that creates this this national socialist type of culture uh that became a pan-european culture effectively by melding Christendom and melding paganism and melding the different uh, ideologies and then the, and the people basically not necessarily melding them but uniting them right like building a house from the individual bricks that were Spain and France mm-hmm. and England uh, you know and in Germany yes and which the the SS right. with all of its uh, national legions it was it's a pan national divisions army. well it was a it was the germ of the future European Empire that we yeah. that. You know, may may sound a bit uh, ambitious, it but ambitious. I think we uh, need to build. It does need to happen, and the, but that's the thing. You want to talk about what the SS actually represented? They were the the lifeguard of the emperor, right? They were legitimately the royal guard of King Hitler, and so and they came from all across Western Europe. It wasn't and, and beyond actually. You know, they came from other parts of the world as well. <laughs> LOL, right? You know, hilariously, <laughs> you had you had a, a multiracial, multi pan European army that defended this new king of Western civilization, which was Adolf Hitler. And, and there's many ways to analyze this, but that's basically the kind of concept that we're moving towards here is that this evolution beyond nationalism where you create or not that you create, but you unify a real people and the real people is Western people, Western Europeans. All um, right. And- so uh, how does a nation, a people, well, whenever I say nation or people in this sense, just hear folk. Right. That's that's what we're talking about right. here. So what when. How does a people form? How does one come into existence? Is it... So, this is where um, there's a, a serious debate of where people come from. What predates what? Chicken or egg, right? Yeah, g- way into this because I'm going to oh, yeah. immediately start correcting um, you. I'm sure, yes. <laughs> so, like, the the, peop- like the chicken or the egg, basically, what comes first? Whether it, is it an ideology and culture or whether it is the race itself? Does, does blood uh, predate the civilization or does the culture unify the blood into a civilization in, in a sense so 
Yeah, it it, it comes. It, it's a big debate. Which comes first? It a lot of people consider that race comes first. We, that's the biggest thing throughout the movement. Is that um, like okay, so we we've all heard that um, what's what's the stupid left is saying that uh, a culture creates people. However, however it goes. Um, what's what's that saying? Oh, that culture of? is politics is downstream of culture, mm, or the other way around. No, not that one. It's it's the um, oh, civilization is a racial construct right as compared to race is a civilizational construct so like when people the leftists say that race is a societal construct right oh a con- social construct right social yes. construct so it's, it's, a, it's a construct of society or civilization like uh-huh. society creates race is the leftist argument where it's like yeah i mean physics is also a social construct like right you know fuck you right yeah. it's 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 beyond retarded so but the the, the antithesis is what most of the right wingers tend to latch onto which is that society is a racial construct now that races both societies right that purely that's the case right like that that you have to have a unification of a of a people of, of a race like a blood a blood unity and only then can culture and civilization arise out of that well i think everybody uh, all any of these people that i'm talking about here spengler yogi i was reading this other book by the german academic friedrich meinecke called uh, cosmopolitan cosmopolitanism and the national state mm. Which is a great book. It's like a, it's a sort of an intellectual history of Germany. Well, specifically political theory, or political philosophy in Germany from say eighteen hundred to nineteen hundred. Yeah, and it's really great because there's lots of books that cover the same ground, uh, sort of intellectual histories of Germany, but they're all written by Jews. Just say it. <laughs> they're all written by Jews. There's like the mind of Germany by something Cohen. Oh yeah, and because it's just, a Jew it's, knows what the mind of a German is like. And it's all fucking Jewish trash. You don't where say they're it. just trying to. There or there's another one by. It's called Metaphysics and Politics. I think it's by Virick. Not the not George Virick, mm. who was the awesome uh, pro Hitler guy in America in the 1940s. It's by his cuck son Peter. <laughs> And, and all these books all talk about German intellectual history with the presupposition that 1945 has to happen and that mm. Hitler is bad. Yeah, that, and so they, they it's take an everything. End. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, Kant led to the Holocaust and here's how. Well, <laughs> it, it's, it's so obnoxious. Like, I, mean, I hope you, our you, listeners think that that is as absurd as we do. Like, well, you, you try to read this stuff and it's like, I want to read an intellectual history of this this country because these people are talking with each other and they have interesting things to say right and what's available in english is written by these kikes who just are going to come to these predetermined conclusions because they want to obviously and and say in the most cloying and annoying way possible but that's why this 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 peter this uh friedrich monica book is good because it was written in 1907 and even though monica was a lib shit uh (laughs) he wrote it in 1907 so he didn't know that world war one or two was going to happen right Boom! There you go. So it's it's a little bit more balanced, right? But you don't, you don't get an inevitable end that hasn't happened yet, kind of thing. But anyway, sorry. So I'm I'm building up to a point here. He he talks about Fichte, mm. the early 19th century. I guess you call him a romantic, yeah, uh, a romantic philosopher who talked a lot about uh, history and what a people is, and and incited the Germans to unite or the Prussians to unite against the the beast of Napoleon. <laughs> and uh, it talks about Hegel and, and some other ones, too. There's a lot of idealism going on, ladies and unders. But in all, in all of these books, uh, all of these thinkers pretty much are unanimous on the point that an idea, some understanding of what 
should be is what maybe doesn't cause but stands before the formation of a people and of a nation Mm. and it's not that people create a nation right it's it's the ideological thing comes before the physical thing and and i'm not a philosophy student so these concepts are rather uh muddy in my mind i hate to be the bearer of bad news but of all the people that i've ever had conversations with you understand philosophy better than most philosophers do <laughs> oh, well that's very flattering thank you. i know but it's it's much easier to discuss philosophy with somebody who understands things from a rooted grounded perspective than it does from a complete lofty metaphysical perspective um which which is why these innate truths make brute philosophical sense to even somebody as yourself who considers themselves not to be a philosopher right like this makes sense you have to have a unifying ideology for those people to unify around to then create the culture like it's 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 kind of this this it's almost like it happens at the same time right like you have a group of individuals or 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 specific individuals that latch on to an idea or or a concept or a philosophy um and through their drive and through their will to power do they engineer the conditions to create a people after you obviously you have the, the, the culture right the culture the idea this thing is what is the unifying factor then that builds a people so the people then comes after this idea effectively as you were just saying mm-hmm. which makes total sense i mean you know that it's it it, it logically follows this is a, this is something though that I because yeah, you were off on, you were talking about the like the leftist idea which is the opposite of that. the opposite yeah so the leftist ideology basically is that um, and this is this is I would say is mo- is almost all Marxist concepts here is that uh, society has constructed this idea of a people right like a, or a race in general we're going to go ahead and interchange race and people for a moment just for this example um, society somehow creates the race somehow creates the, the people and not in the same way we were just discussing right we were just discussing how an idea is formulated by a few individuals or whatever the yeah they presuppose the existence of a society and they right. say well this society agrees upon certain terms and they agree that whites are a race rather than agreeing that say people who uh, that people who are say resistant to malaria are a race and therefore we can categorize italians with nigerians and uh botswanans with swedes right and then so the the leftist concept of society creating race then is totally rooted in 100 percent their economic philosophy that's kind of the big problem here is that they believe that race was only created to then separate rich and poor and make these dichotomies and like this divisive this divisive nonsense right it is and 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 they they use this even when we're talking about colonialism in africa right like oh these these uh the the race they, they totally neglect the idea um or neglect the concept that the different races within the african diaspora existed prior to colonialism right like obviously when when the brits and the french and the germans or whatever went and carved of Africa, uh, we did. Wait, so, so you're saying the white man does not create African races, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the thing. The, the the Tutsis and the Hutu or whatever. Apparently, according to according to some scholars here, that was a creation of the British. Somehow, the races that they conquered were. I suppose creation. the Shiites and the Sunnis were also a creation of the British. Apparently, Sunni and Shiites is also a social construct. All of this is nonsensical <laughs> because it's like, no, these things were just there and we classified. We saw them, we identified them, and we classified them. That's all we did. But the Marxists would say that because our society went in there and necessarily had to have them divided so they'd fight amongst each other, right? Like all Marxist ideology is, we then created their race. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's there's a kernel of truth there. The British, well, right. the British always did go in and pick like a minority group who they thought, okay, 
do. We can set these guys up as an elite, right. like like the Sunnis in Iraq. But they pre but they predate that is the point, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like those people already existed for us to exploit. It's not that that we created it, them you know, to exploit. But I guess what we're arguing against though isn't so much the leftist position because right. everybody knows that's retarded. <laughs> we're talking we're about. Sure, I was just trying to juxtapose the fact that our our idea of idea and culture creating peoples is not the same as their idea of society utilizing this marxist concept of creation of race yeah i think the the opposite though is the sort of materialist conception of these things that is still predominant in the english-speaking world that a that a group of people i mean it almost it does matter but it it doesn't matter but it does matter like the idea that a people is uh, united by blood and because you have a group of people who all have the same blood then they can build a culture and that's like it's true at like a lower level but it doesn't explain like why why then was there no culture created in russia before 1800 right let's say somewhere around to speak of i mean I, I, as, a, as an enjoyer of of primitive russian culture i right. i hate to say that but <laughs> right but as far as a, a monumental feat right like yeah you've got a ton of people they all have the same blood right basically i mean you know you've got finnic people and slavic people but you have racial you have the racial basis i mean you go back to that metapedia definition right you've got yeah. the racial basis you've got similar ancestry similar racial foundation you've got language. similar culture similar language uh architecture yeah, everything yeah what 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 is missing here even even similar enemies in history right the mongols and yeah. all this other stuff you had a unifying factor but well, that that <laughs> that eventually did produce a russian culture right. which we see now in recent centuries yes. but it took a while very much so um and it, i mean perhaps though you know i don't know there's there's that's um I, I'm not. I'm not too well versed in the ancient history of Russia as, as you are. It's I'll. Uh, I'll fill you in on the gaps. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but as far as as this creation is concerned, as far as how peoples are created and whatnot, is that we have to understand that there's not. This is we. There is there is a middle ground of this, right? So we're talking about evolution here. So the evolution of a folk is a major part of this. So you have to you have to understand that it's not monolithic. And that's, I think, one of the big deals is that race is not necessarily monolithic, where it's, as we're seeing here with the Russians, right? The the existence of these factors in and of itself does not give way to the creation of, of, of peoples and civilizations. Yeah, like, as, as an Italian, like, look at these Germans from, you know, time immemorial right. until 1500. I mean, you call this a you call this a people, right? Yeah. You call this a culture. It's a bunch of tribes to them, right? They look like they 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 call them barbarians for a reason, right? They were like savages that they they fought amongst each other. There was no unification between them. Uh, some had different languages. They had different ways of doing things. Their customs were slightly different, but at the same time, over time, you know, over. But what, where was the idea? What was the idea? There there wasn't a unifying idea between the German between the German tribes, right? They didn't have that. Eventually, they did. Eventually, they were to adopt this idea that then became the German folk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, again, only after uh, you had mass migration of, of, of most of them out of Germany into the western parts of the world. Yeah, and oddly, too, 
in the 1800s, say, they were looking back on the 1500s and the 1000s and the, the, the fall of Rome, and they were kind of picking, they're like, that guy's a German, that guy's a German. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he spoke our, our language almost. He lived on our territory. Yeah. He must be part of the thing leading up to us. Now, this is getting to the question I asked that we didn't really answer when we danced around, mm. which was, where does the people come from? Ah, uh, yeah. And so the conception is, I think most people have, and that I always had was if you just look back in time, you say, well, I mean, the Germans have been around since pre-Roman times. Right. Or the French have been around since uh, 600, 700, like the Merovingians, I guess. And since most people who write for the Washington Post don't remember that far back, they will say things like, well, these European countries have been around for forever, uh, and America is a new country. Yeah. (laughs) But it's... People's come into existence and then go out of existence. Yes, and it, it isn't necessarily that. Like, if you asked, where does, where did the Americans come from? Mm. Because this is often a thing in like archaeology or in history. Is like, where did this people come from? We see that this people is here. They must have migrated from somewhere else. Is like the presupposition. This is a Spangler point. Yeah, peoples don't migrate. They don't form somewhere else and then move. They, they form somewhere. Yeah. Now they might move at some point. That's possible but uh, americans for instance can you imagine 2000 years if like most of our records were destroyed people would look and say well we have a we have this culture in america where did these people where did the whites in america come from uh they the american people must have come from england well there was an, an american state in england that then uprooted and came to america it's like no we know that's not how it happened right people came from england and then came from other parts of europe and then the american people was formed on the american continent right in loco uh in the same way that like the the visigoths were formed in the conflicts with the roman empire and the balkans and then they had a they had a migration and then they they established a state in spain or the normans formed in normandy yeah and they came into existence because of external pressures and because of uh whatever circumstances brought them into being in that place and they unified in terms of their language the culture everything else and then there are people. They expanded and then they dissipated. And that's, you know, how the cycle of things. Just go. like flowers. They <laughs> grow, they bloom, they, they sprout, they bloom, and they die. Yeah, and only for a brief moment in history is it pretty. Yes, and, <laughs> you know, you might have the same flower bed and they have pink flowers in them. Yeah. And then the next year you also have pink flowers. But these pink flowers are not the same pink flowers. They may be descended from yeah. the previous pink flowers in the same way that and it's like, I don't know, the German, <laughs> the Adolf Hitler might be descended and, and his Reich might be descended from Arminius. Right. But it's not the same flower. And it's the same way this is like, how did it become pink? So if we're going to look at the Western European peoples, right, if what we consider a, a, a people we would like to, to, to see, right? So if Western Europe is the pink flower and you say the Latinate nations were the white flower and the Germanics were the red flower that then unified into be creating the pink flower eventually, right? Is that how flowers reproduce? No, it's not. But <laughs> we're going to use basic color schemes here in order to like create like colors just to like as, as a very dumbed down concept here. But if we're going to use this as an example because hopefully there's no botanists that are just going to re out when they hear this <laughs> but uh so if, if you have the point is that these like certain peoples then come from places right so if western europe is to be a a hotbed for where do these peoples come from you do have this germanic you do have this this latinate right that come together as you said earlier to make western civilization and 
maybe in you know a thousand years from now when we lose that information people are like okay they're just going to look at western civilization basically as all one group anyway at some point in time yeah and they're going to the same way we look at the mesopotamians yeah like sumerian akkadian hurrian i don't know you're all just writing in in little wedge shapes right little cuneiform things right yeah like why are all your languages you know triangles but the point is is that they all came from somewhere at some point in time uh and that's there's a lot of history of early like the early parts of every civilization seem to be the most obscure and the reason for this is the point that that you make the most sense of when i when i hear it is that um over the course of of a civilization right when like when it's when it's developing from its earlier points to its later points and there's like this cycle of of kind of uh purity to decadence right uh and it it coalesces kind of with uh this increase in technology so as we all know yes the roman empire was industrialized yes the the sumerians were industrialized yes the egyptians were industrialized right towards the end of their civilizations they had mass production and all this other stuff um so you have at the end not not as great as today but well in a in a in in relative in relative had, sense to, to their time. Yeah, they had they had standardized processes. Yeah. They had, I mean, you think the Roman legions like equipped all of their troops with the same uh, type of shield and like artisan craft workshops yeah, that they like, just uh, independent contractors. That was mass produced. No, they had mass production. Right. Like, and so this they, isn't you know, like, it, it doesn't take a genius to figure out, okay, let's make the parts interchangeable. Right. And then here's, and even the Greeks did this, right? Even with, with basic pottery and everything else like that. But the problem is though, is that the majority of the things from the ancient world that we have surviving most probably comes from these highly industrialized end times Mm -hmm. of the civilization. So we only get to look at the end of that civilization, what became those people. Oh, from an archaeological point of view, sure, but but from a literary point of view or a point of view of history writing, generally, yeah, they're, they're not, people aren't writing history in the early, people don't notice, people don't write about things that they don't know that are going to be important. Right. So why would a Greek in 500 bc write about the pitiable city state of rome right they wouldn't but the in in 150 bc maybe they're paying attention yeah and, and that's the thing so the, the the closer towards the end is where we tend to see the okay we look at it okay that's the people but we tend to not see how those people became a people right um we, we look at i think the greeks are probably one of the easiest examples of this is that people classify them as greek and we know their ancient history was a multitude of city-states of warring types uh they came from different you know different cultures and, and ideologies and things that formulated these city states yeah they had this they had the same cults and the, the yeah same, same pantheons they recognized that they had the same speech even though they had different dialects right but they generally like you know they yeah. could understand each other they they all recognized homer but they yeah. were different politically and in the evolutionary sense as pressure creates you know a necessity to evolve the pressure from outside of of these city states unified the greeks into what we know as the greeks over time they obviously weren't as unified as most other nations were uh, after that. correction it was uh paris kidnapping helen that oh right sorry <laughs> created the good people right okay so well how dare how in, dare you in, internal, impugn internal the, uh, <laughs> the antiquity of the greek nation oh sorry yeah. <laughs> so the, uh so basically um fighting over women uh <laughs> causes of people no i'm kidding um i mean actually to though, be I fair mean, yeah resource acquisition is a major it's, it's element not you know forget 
uh, Romulus and the Sabine women. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> but yes, that, we, maybe we should forget about that. <laughs> but um, no, but so if we're talking about this in, in not a Hegelian sense, I mean, I, I, so just for our, our listeners to, to note the difference here, a Hegelian sense. So Ernst Hegel. Damn uh, it. I know, I'm bringing up him again. But we're talking about evolution. No, no, that's fine. Here. I just I, thought I, you said Hegel, and I was about to be like, who's Hegel? And you're like, no, 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 not Hegel, Hegel. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Not, okay, Hegel is yes. the philosopher of right. circa 1820. And Hegel is a naturalist, naturalist. Uh, from the, okay. the late 1800s as well. So uh, Ernst Haeckel, though, in his philosophy, basically, I'm just going to use this as a, as, a, as a principal concept as far as evolution is concerned, uh, regarding the individual cells. We can uh, we can liken Western Europe and nationalism, right? So over the, oh, like in the in the beginning, Western Europe uh, was was individual cells. We can say right the individual cells, of different monarchs, different like clans and peoples all over the place. There are these individual cells that are just a mass. They don't actually constitute a an organism. Over time, you evolve those cells into more cohesive organisms, which became nations. Right. So your nationalism is is this part of this evolution towards mm-hmm. a unification of a singular body. Okay. So we have this. The cells are the dynasties and the tribes. Yeah. And then the organisms, the let's say the newts, right, are your the nation. nation states, right? And then so what we are trying to evolve, though post-nationalism, effectively, is the unification of those organisms into a larger Freaking body. T Rex, right? You want to evolve, right? Like you want to you want to go from amoeba to T Rex, and the only way to pull that off is to have an evolution and unification of these of these uh, similar functioning cells. Uh, and these similar functioning organisms, right? So the organisms of Europe, which are the the Western nations that are attempting horribly for the past hundred and change years to unify into one group, you know, whether it was be through pan-Europa or through National Socialism or through the EU currently, um, these integrations, it, it's a growing pain. It's trying. We can see the, the, the attempt at unifying mm-hmm. Western people into an actual unified organism um and so looking at it from from cell biology in a sense like that it's very easy to see the life cycles of civilizations too as you can go back because everything starts at these these individual cells grows into an organism and then they deteriorate over time and then they die it's part of the cycle of life um now if you become aware of this and you ascend to godhood and you can prevent your own death that's a different story right but (laughs) um, yeah i mean i have some theories on that but you know (laughs) (laughs) but uh but in, in a sense though that's kind of that's kind of the an easy analogy that we can make here as far as what the goal is as far as evolution is concerned of a people as it goes from these tribalistic uh, individual uh, cells to these organized uh, you know organisms or whatever of nations and, and, and city states uh, monarchical groups that are intermingling and as these these things start to you know they, they stick their dendri out and start to feel each other out the intermingling of the monarchies intermingling of national uh, alliances and everything else like this unifying itself into a larger organism eventually and right now i think we're in that evolutionary state to evolve into that larger organism but william it's just the jews who are uniting us oh god <laughs> so well that's that's our external well, no, pressure. But seriously like, no it's true though but, but that's the external pressure right i mean that's or not external but well no no okay pressure. sorry you um i didn't, didn't say that clearly enough oh, okay it's jewish international finance that's forcing america that you know used america and britain to destroy germany and then to create the monstrosity that we call zog right it's, it's an abomination of what and now have we have this abomination is that not 
the unified Western civilization is not NATO. Well, and then and is no, that is not NATO what we've striven for well, for a thousand years? Oh God, that's like <laughs> that's like the most cursed thing I've ever heard on the show. <laughs> um, but well, the problem is that it is an abomination. That's the issue. Is that like, and it's not. There's no unifying ideology for the people. Right, the people don't have a unified ideology except for whatever Zog decides to put on top of us. So, like whatever Disney Plus idea is. Okay, the like, word. All right, I'm just gonna cut to the chase here. Yeah, the yeah. word. The word you're searching for is culture distortion. Right. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So, as you can tell, I reread Yoki mm-hmm. or parts of him the other day. Yoki's Imperium. So y- Yoki, for anybody who doesn't know, was a big fan of Spangler. He was an American lawyer writing in the 1940s and 50s he was a a lawyer at the nuremberg trials for the prosecution or the defense i don't know he they were show trials it's the same thing he was there he was there and he was like uh this is bullshit and he went on a big intellectual journey and then found out that hitler was right and wrote a big book about it and what i like about imperium is that it's it's not nothing in here is really cutting edge I don't think i mean maybe some things are but for the most part he's it's just put very succinctly he's just summarizing spangler and some other people in a pretty straightforward way yeah so you know i if you want to read spangler i suggest starting at yoki yoki isn't so much derivative of spangler as he is uh just a a good easy not terribly easy but like a good summary an explanation of spangler mm. But anyway, he talks about culture distortion. And so this is what you're talking about here. Uh, NATO, the Jew-controlled Western civilization of the last hundred years is like we've still managed to unite roughly. I mean, the European states are vassals of America, which is the golem of international Jewish finance. Right. So yay for all of us yeah it's not really united it's, it's, it's not it's not united it's a, a, in glory gr- it's united in slavery right it's, it's what you said it's a it's a gross parody yeah. of what we're trying to do what we should be trying to do it's <sighs> yeah, horrid no, nothing can happen like no positive political outcome can happen without the overthrow of international jewish finance obviously right duh yeah <laughs> if you're listening theory. to the show you you know that you should know that yeah <laughs> you just you got to repeat it to yourself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, a thousand times. <laughs> what if we just what if we just broke away and formed a little state here? No. Destroy international Jewish finance or or die. Cuz otherwise you're going to be assimilated into Zog, which already exists. Um, you know. And if, now does that necessarily mean that we shouldn't go off and start a minor a minor state of our own minds? And uh, the the culture of the mind. Well, you got to start somewhere, but your objective right. always has to be total domination of or total destruction of international Jewish finance yeah, and, and the, unification the, liber- of your people. the liberation and unification of uh, Western people. Right. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, there's a there's a line here from Yoki that fits just in with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be thought that the 20th century idea of the nation is, di- is disintegration. When one hears fools in Bavaria announce that the solution for them is to constitute themselves a as a little Switzerland. <laughs> Bavaria and Switzerland, though, like, right. ridiculous. That, yeah. So and well, Hitler thought the same thing. Whenever he was like, yeah, Hitler he, he went put in, down the Hitler went into a meeting and punched out a guy who was preaching uh, Bavarian separatism. Yeah, based. <laughs> you know, because it's they already had a unified. You can't you, if it's already unified. You don't want to break it up more. That's the thing, right? Like you, a regression from nationalism at the time would have been a massive setback. 
um, which is, you know, obviously what Hitler tried to prevent um, by obviously unifying and creating, you know, a, a national Germany and all this other stuff. But like, if, if say, say at the time, right, like say at the time, right before, say World War II never happened. And the reason why World War II had never happened is because the individual, uh, I guess, micro states of old Europe started to disintegrate themselves back from the national uh the national unifications right so say normandy or burgundy right decided to break away from france or something right like france started to break up and the individual old uh states of france became became the new france there's france dissipated same mm-hmm. with spain right if, if, if the castilians and the aragonians uh decided to break up everything apart uh same with italy if it all returned back to its city states if, if mussolini was never able to unite it under a fascist rulership or whatever it all disintegrated back into city states what would that have like europe would have been so weak in the face of the other burgeoning larger national empires that are happening outside of its borders, right? With, with the Ottoman Empire, with Russia, with all these other things. Europe would have been at that point in time so unbelievably weak and tribalistic, anybody could have walked in and just taken it over. Um, so nationalism was, an, was a necessity to maintain. So you couldn't, you can't regress. That's the whole point about evolution is that you, you literally cannot regress without weakening yourself to that regressed state because you were, that's why you evolve. You evolve to get stronger and better. So if you regress in your, in your, your linear, your, your, your linear progression of evolution you go backwards you are stepping back into a weaker state so hitler necessarily and the same with with calgary and these other guys and i know this sounds uh, you know it's, this this is all the uh, you know always controversial on this show but with calgary and hitler and all these other guys what they were trying to do is continue the evolution of this into a unified organism they were trying yeah, to, to, to right. move beyond and this just for anybody who's wondering and clergy's one problem is that he didn't understand the question of violence which is yeah. why everything, all the conclusions he comes, a lot of the conclusions he comes to are ridiculous. Yeah, his, his conclu- he has like good instincts in a way, but yeah. it's like. I think the problem is, though, is that also he had a little bit too much sympathy for Jews because he himself was mixed. I think this was uh-huh. the well, big element. Well, and also Kaiser Milkers, he was married to. He was married to Jew. Two, yeah. well, he married three women over the course of his <laughs> wedding career. Womp womp. And wedding two of them were Jewesses. Yeah, so he obviously had some influence in these types of things. Um, but again, growing up in Habsburg courts at the time of the degeneration of that of that monarchy and everything else, you can see where the influence lies. So the point being, though, is that his heart, in my opinion, was kind of in a proper place about the concept of unifying Western civilization. He was he was at least dedicated to Western civilization. Yeah, we'll give him that. I, I think so. Yeah, you know, um, I because honestly. I think we said this on the show before, but if uh, if if Calgary was alive today, I think he would totally join our side uh, in 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 the face of what's happening currently with the EU. I think he would totally think that those people are out of out of line. And then I think would- I mean I I saw some uh, video a few months ago of EU youth or something. I think you saw it too. Mm-hmm. It was who it was Gerhard Schroeder or some. It was some German. It was some German or French elite. I I'm, don't like think about these people often, so I yeah, don't know. But they're not worth the thought. It, it, it was basically a seminar with like a, an EU elite with a bunch of EU youth, aspiring elites, like right. little Angela Merkel's. Yeah, little yeah. And these kids Rude. are asking the stupidest questions. You don't say. It, it it almost makes me feel like at school, like when I was in college, I thought like the questions and the 
discussions that were being had were just stupid and i didn't know why always. i thought they were stupid i was always. like why are we talking about this like these you're using you're throwing buzzwords out but none of this means anything right it was like that but it made georgetown discussions sound reasonable like mm. it was so bland and stupid I think if Kalergi had were alive today and saw that, he would discuss. He would be like, "You people are culturalist idiots. This is a disgrace to all that I believed in and and dreamed for, fought and, for and, yeah. and fought for, and had brunch with Churchill for." <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine stomaching lunch with that fat pig? Like, I couldn't do it. So, but no, that's that's the kind of thing though. Is that this, it's it's this concept of evolution, right? If, if we're talking about biology in the biological sense, again, that. While that is a materialistic perspective on it, it isn't that we're discussing. Well, it's, just a, it's just an analogy, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. Um, although, you know, just to clarify that that, that it's not to be a, a concrete uh, uh, philosophy of how to think about it is that you, you know. But again, evolution, uh, as far as society is concerned, as far as a focus concerned, it has to, it has to be a progression, and the progression at this next point is to unify the organisms into a collected group and that's what hitler wanted obviously that's what the goal was uh and what the jews could not allow to happen because they knew damn well that if a unified europe would not be able to be parasite or be be able you wouldn't be able to parasite upon such a such a force a, a unified people that actually well, a unified itself. europe that threw the jews out right would mean that the jews would lose their main source of energy yeah their because, main because uh, they didn't have africa they didn't have asia their sucking source right because like obviously the Arabs had already since long kicked them out, right? So they knew the Arabs. Well, actually, not really. Like, oh. I mean, prior to nineteen. Enlighten me here. Prior, well, prior to nineteen forty-eight, there were still large Jewish minorities in the Arab countries. I mean, not mm. large, large, but yeah. like you're right, they'd mostly kick them out. But yeah. it well, actually got worse for out the of their Jews. society, though, as right? you know, yeah. with the foundation of Israel. Oh like, yeah. All right, Jews. That's a target. Get out. <laughs> get out. Yeah. Oh God, Palestine. But uh, <laughs> the. Um, the, the point is, is that they didn't have a foothold in the Middle East. They didn't have a foothold in Asia, right? They didn't have a foothold. I mean, they, they kind of had a foothold in North America enough in the Anglo-speaking world, which is why they were able to pull this off. But had that actually, had, had Hitler done the dirty at Dunkirk and kicked England out of the war, the Jews would not have had enough power in the United States to convince the U.S. to go to war with what at that time would be the whole of Europe. Because you could convince one nation against another nation. That's why nationalism was a problem at the time. But if you had the entire unification of Europe, it would have been almost impossible to, to, yeah, if only to that, convince the United that States to do it. Fat, evil, cripple Roosevelt weren't president. I know. Well, the thing well, is, like, I mean, even then, I think, it, honestly, like, Roosevelt, if because if Roosevelt only had enough power to do that because of churchill because of because of england honestly um because you had you had opposition in the united states right you had guys that were of that same spirit like like uh henry ford right henry ford was of that same spirit of the unification of the people for industrialization and whatnot like he was he he supported hitler 100 percent, right like he you know brought mind comp over here and everything yeah all, like all of the like big americans of that time did i mean like Lindbergh, yeah Lindbergh and ford i mean who, what other great american you have the top industrialist and the top uh, flyboy hot guy. Yeah, both supporting Hitler or you know dancing around it. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, to the most like Henry Ford was a little more direct about it. Um, but the thing is, is that 
they had that same spirit. Then that that there is that underlying concept of a unifying of peoples between even even across seas. That's why that's why nationalism doesn't really matter in the sense of borders don't matter. It's about the spirit of these people that can go beyond geography. The people in the United States at the time, there was people in the United States that could easily have been you know, a, a, a bastion of hope for a unification between a, a totally unified Europe and the United States and a Western empire. Like, could you imagine a, a transatlantic empire between a unified Europe and, and, and the, the might of the United States? Well, we the, have one now. It's just under Jewish control. Right. Well, it's, well, that, but we, well, we don't because like <laughs> the, the Europe is not a unified Europe. It is a vassal state. of It's a vassal state of Zog, effectively. It, it, it's just using the bludgeoning weapon of the, of, of the United States. It's, it's not sovereign Europe, right? If you had sovereign Europe, sovereign United States, and then, then, because then it narrows it down. You, you remove the different individual building blocks of the nations and you bring it to two empires. Then you have two Western empires, right? Then, then you have two building blocks. So you, you keep dividing it down until you have one. And then after some time, the culture between unified, or between sovereign Europe and sovereign United States becomes either enough to where you have mutual respect between two peoples that have come out of this, or you have a unification of these two peoples across the sea, and you have a, a the, the burgeoning global empire of the West. That's what you could have had. Um, and we still can't have that. We just have to get rid of juice. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, earlier I was going to make a, a comparison um, that I thought of. Uh, tell me what you think of this. Is mm-hmm. this valid? So the Civil War happened essentially because the South was having an argument over tariffs with the North. Yeah. And the South saw that the that Yankeedom was becoming the dominant force within the Union and <clears throat> would would therefore simply use the Union to tyrannize the South and and through things like tariffs to undercut the Southern economy right. and build up the Northern economy. And the whole like slavery issue was just a like fake and gay moralistic reason to start a war. Right. Now, the thing about the South is a lot of them, a lot of the Southern states, from what I understand, made a made legalistic arguments on the basis of slavery for why they were breaking away from the Union. So rather than making the propagandistic argument that you are you, the North, are betraying us and you are taking power for yourselves and we will have nothing to do with it. Instead, they in their declarations of like independence, they said, well, it's because of your uh violations of the constitution which say that we're allowed to have slavery right they they went with the economic they were making legalistic arguments because i I don't know it's like a conservative mentality but i dare say wasn't hitler kind of doing the same thing by art by sort of arguing for nationalistic germany or like these are germany's rights in yes i mean we all do i guess everybody does this right like we all have to make you kind of like have practical points sometimes, whether even whether they're good or not. Well, because you also have to look at, at the rather than making the, the like the the propagandistic point of, yeah. I mean, he well Hitler did make the propagandistic point too of like international Jewish finances right, trying to yes. destroy Germany, <laughs> and, and that that became but you have to like so make over time though, yeah, right? You have to make that more. And I think that unfortunately Hitler was in a position like was in no position to be able to combat that because of the first world war and how, how soon after that it happened and you had this animosity between nations like again the, the the big problem with nationalism was world war one I, I think that the culminations of that is what basically happened um is that you had these alliances and these these foolish things that that kind of culminated into the the conflict between nations as compared to a um a, I don't think cooperation na- I, eh, I don't think nationalism caused world war one so much as like 
I don't uh, think it already, caused it, but it, well, it assisted. No. Uh, nationalism already as a force was sort of spent by World War One, and you see this mm. in the behavior of like the British and, and German and French officers toward one another. True, true. Uh, and and they're usually often speaking each other's languages. Uh, often uh, according each other the sort of respect of fellow aristocrats i think and i don't think that was necessarily just leftover like feudalism i think mm. that was a new sort of feeling of yeah. we are one people yes the evolution towards it now what i meant what and, I and what, say, I'm, well, what i'm, I'm saying about nationalism though is so that nationalism was already kind of on the on the outs mm. why world war one happened like the ultimate reason i think is simply uh why any political conflict happens it's a, a conflict of interests and the yes. you can't if you've got one power base here in this country, one in this other country, well, those elites aren't just going to resign and say like, okay, you're right, like whatever, fine. Right. They're going to, you know, everything, their whole lives, everything they know and they've lived for is on the line. They're going to fight. Right. And that, or they're going to have you fight. Well, that, that's what <laughs> Either happened. Either way. Basically. What I, I think what I meant to say was that nationalism was a very easily accessible catalyst for the dividing up between the elites right like mm -hmm. of, okay then we can say okay now i have this you have this is a clear dividing line even geographically you have your resources i have my resources. you know like that all that resourceful uh, elements came to this so all the economics played out as these catalysts of, of nationalism came i honestly think that we probably could have avoided these types of things um but i think the spirit is what we're talking about here is like you have to have a unifying ideology to then create a people i don't think the elites had that ideology and like not all of them anyway some did and that's the thing we saw a fight i think that's what we're seeing is that, that this this battle this at this battle playing out over multiple you know large wars and scales that you had some people some elites actually have these ideas of unifying the west and other ones were just trying to make profit i mean I, I to be fair i'm not this is going to sound like you know uh, whatever anglos out there that might defend him churchill was a maniac churchill was probably one of the i don't think uh, i don't think I, we don't need to apologize I, to the churchill oh, right, uh, right. the churchill fanboys yeah okay fine <laughs> yeah so but churchill was an absolute he was a maniac. fat piece of shit he was he, and a, like yes. indebted to like every jew in the world right and it wasn't like indebted like many people are indebted right for reasons but like no, Churchill just loved loved the fancy cigars and the big palaces, and, and he hated Germans though too. And he specifically made this a point. And that's again, Churchill was the bad example. He was he's the he's the perfect bad example of a nationalist. Churchill is the did perfect he ever? Bad example of a nationalist. Sorry, let me rag on Churchill some more. Yeah, uh, did he ever make a? Did he ever like put forth a military initiative that wasn't retarded? No. He like do, and, well, I mean, uh, I want to defend Gallipoli as like well, I mean, like logically, if it were better executed, that might have worked. Yeah, but but you could Gallip look your record Gallipoli. He pushed for that. He pushed for Italy. All right. He pushed for Narvik. Yep. Uh, all of these were like fiascos or quas or wastes of energy for the Allies. But yeah, because he is a fiasco and a waste of energy. I mean, look at him. Like, <laughs> like a big sucking vortex. He is though. He's he is he is the capitalist pig. It is it is he is the meme. He is the example. Like this is again, your enemies accuse you of that which they are guilty, right? So like Churchill is the is the why nationalism bad. Not Hitler. Hitler is the only good example of like how we could fucking use uh, uh, nationalism to evolve. Churchill was a nationalist through and through, but he's the shittiest example you could possibly have of one. He hated other fucking people just because of their nation state. Sorry, excuse the language for a second. I'm a little. I, I'm not a fan of Churchill at all. But he hated Germans to such a degree that he's willing to destroy the prospect of unifying Western Europe just to get 
his grubby little paws around a German throat. That was his deal, and it had to do with economics and also their nonsense things that were that that were problematic. He was with a nationalism. spiteful fat fuck. He was, and and That's like it. yes. So honestly, I think we can easily blame World War Two on Churchill. Yeah. Like, as far as a... If, no, if we're gonna, no not, doubt. Obviously, the Jews are, are, are the big thing here, but as far as, like, the biggest no, there was cut a good, piece of the puzzle here is Churchill. There was a good article on Unserview, my my favorite Jewish newspaper, uh, <laughs> a, few, a few weeks ago about Churchill, and it was basically arguing that Churchill... Obviously, he wasn't even truly a nationalist. He was just utilizing it to capitalize on money and, and, and rouse the, the British people into war. Well, no, this, this is what it was, essentially with, with Narvik. So Narvik is this northern Norwegian port. And when the Germans uh, annexed right. uh, Denmark and Norway, <laughs> they they could, they could didn't, like, immediately get Narvik. So yeah. they had to, like, march up the coast and, like, f- go through the mountains and, like, all this difficult stuff just to get to Narvik. Because what the British were going to do is use Narvik to kind of, like, link up with Sweden and, and uh, also to support a Norwegian, like, puppet government and, and yeah. everything from there. The Narvik thing turned into a disaster. At this time, on the, on the part of the British, Churchill was Lord of the Admiralty, as he had been in 1915 when he fucked up at Gallipoli. <laughs> and he supported the Narvik, or he, like, did the Narvik thing and mismanaged it. He bungled it the way... Goering bungled Stalingrad. Sorry, Ger- sorry, Goering. That's true, though. He bungled it, and then, but, but, instead of Churchill getting punished, Neville Chamberlain's government collapses, and Churchill gets promoted to prime minister. Yeah, I don't like what? Yeah, what? No. <laughs> what? This is a mistake. <laughs> like how? Are, how is that anything other than just Jews putting this guy in power? Well, it's, I mean, it, oligarchs and Jews well, saying, well, well, this guy is, is our, our... It's the same thing. I mean, like... Play putty. We can see here in the West, honestly, a, di- a, a, a dichotomy of, of this spiritual thought, right? This, this philosophy that creates peoples. Um, you're seeing a split in the West between those that are spiritual Jews and those that are spiritual Aryans. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And so the spirit is prior to blood. It, and, well, I mean, <laughs> yes, it is. What, 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 what? I, I myself identify as a spiritual Slav. <laughs> Just, just kidding. No, well, just, just playing. But the point is, though, is that yes, I mean, and we can get into some serious metaphysical concepts here that that do transcend uh, what our normal talking points are on this show. Uh, that yes, perhaps there is some, and I'm not, not to say that, that that we're gonna agree with with deities or anything else like that. That's not the point of the topic here. But perhaps there is some element to the spirit that then aligns the blood into what needs to be you know this or what needs to be part of what becomes created afterwards right it doesn't need to be but it just is so you have this this overarching spirit that then unifies a a a group or a blood or or a biological entity uh to then take the physical form of this spirit right so the spirit pre is, is is the preeminent thing here it organizes a biological entity to then represent itself in physical form um and that's kind of what we're seeing in the united states right now and basically all throughout the entirety of the west is that you have this struggle uh of of the biological right so we have the biological entities here and there is a spirit. There's two spirits vying for this biological uh, uh, resource, and that is the biomass of the Ameriburger land. Right. So the, the the white mass, right? The white mass of the West is this biomass that is that is a resource. <laughs> it is a resource. Mankind is a resource in and of itself. Yes. And we are seeing a battle. All of Western civilization, though, like the the biomass of the white race, effectively, of the Western 
of the Western population. The biomass. so dirty when you say it that I, way. I know, but this is we're talking science here. So the biomass of the the resource biomass of Western civilization is the battleground for the two spiritual successors that need to happen the Aryans or the Jews either you become a spirit you become a biomass uh, inhabit your biomass becomes inhabited by the spirit of the Jew or your biomass becomes inhabited by the spirit of the Aryan okay this is an so yes there are two spirits there are two players contending in the meat space yes these words, well, uh, we need a new language. These words are so stupid. <laughs> it's all really stupid. We'll say, we'll say, we'll say uh, but you've got Team Shlomo yeah. and Team Hitler, and yeah, yeah. and then then the, the the resource is the people themselves. Is is the biological entity that the people themselves? That is the resource that these two right spirits and Team Shlo- and Shlomo has most of most of our people enslaved in his like weird disgusting golem creation well yeah the, it's the bread and circuses concept they they have this down to a science at this yeah. point right but that's the thing is if the spirit if the spirit of the Aryan of, of, of what is to become the Aryan folk right the, the truly uh, to inherit this if that spirit is to prevail it can only prevail if its spirit is stronger than the spirit of the Jew and we know for a fact that it is we know for a fact that it is. We know how weak the Jew is, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever he 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 like how, how decadent they become. Whenever this this horrible spirit of the Jew manifests itself into a biological entity, we understand how corrupt, how despicable, how low it is. And so, whenever our spirit manifests itself into the physical, we understand how high, how mighty, how it, you know how noble it is. And so. It is a matter of time. Evolution will always find a way, right? So there is a, life finds a way. I know we'll quote Jurassic Park and our favorite Jew, you know, Ian Malcolm or whatever, right? In this, uh, life finds a way or whatever. But it's true. It actually is true. There is this spirit. As long as the spirit survives, it will find a biomass, whether it be you know with with us or some other group or whatever. As long as the spirit survives, there is whether, a hope and whether, future for Aryans. Yes, whether it be. Ecuadorians and Palestinians <laughs> and Indians LARPing as Nazis, you know, the, <laughs> or Mongolians, perhaps. That spirit remains the, the spirit, the spirit of of fighting the other the other spirit that is out there, which is it, specifically for the Western civilization right now for Western for Western society. It is a battle between the Jewish spirit and the Aryan spirit, and the prize is our bodies. All right, so I want to go back to. Our original definition, the Metapedia definition of what a people is, and try to define what is our people, because clearly the word white does not accurately describe in the the right. world the total world historical picture doesn't accurately describe who our people are. Right, as you know, evidenced by Russians being white but not part of our group, or or other people who. Uh, they look white to me <laughs> obviously not being you know the racial similarities are, are there right from a ma- big picture Super anthropological macro, yeah. uh picture but so who is part of the west i think white americans yeah like without without getting we will, too concrete we'll, we'll start we'll yeah. start getting into the edge cases in a second yeah. but like broadly speaking you got white americans canadians australians that other funny country next to australia new zealand <laughs> I knew that. Uh, Spain. I'm just going to give him a little bit of credit where you won't. You know, <laughs> Iberia, mm. France, the British Isles. Yes, including Ireland, <laughs> Italy, Germany, the low countries, Scandinavia. Right. Yeah. Now, beyond that, so Eastern Europe, all Eastern European peoples, including the Russians, 
I follow Yoki on this, are completely can be assimilated into Western culture. They move into the West, assuming Western culture is strong and well-organized right. and is not importing like 6 million Russians at a time and settling them in the same place like they're doing right now in the D.C. area. <laughs> right. You will have assimilation occur and within a matter of two generations. Right. You, you can start to see what we saw in the late 1700s in Russia anyway with their with their elites at the time and, and their culture and their architecture yeah. and everything else. So, so that's Eastern Europe. Now, some other edge cases, South Africa. South Africans are suffering from the depredations of the Negroes, mm -hmm. and that is a direct result of international Jewish uh, finance schemes, the destruction of Rhodesia, and yep. uh, the breaking down of the apartheid system, and all that is all international Jew. Right. So I think based on that, and going back to the definition here, with the Boers, what yeah. do we... and, and you know, all white South Africans, what do we have in common? Do we have common common racial basis? Yes. We have language and culture, broadly speaking, yes. Yeah. Customs, yes. And, ooh, well, if you include home territory. Home, well, originally, they did come from Europe, obviously, and that's like an easy in for most, most diaspora. Well, let's go back on this white. for a second. So, if we're talking about, like, Americans and Europeans, obviously language jumps out as a thing that militates against us being considered part of the same people yep. now i would say that western europeans and americans are the same people even in regard to language because of for one thing centuries of similar evolution of our languages right uh, and, and mutual influences but secondly uh, for better or for worse, the adaption of English as a international medium of communication, yep. uh, at least among people who are, are college educated. Yeah, in the West, for sure. So, you know, again, like I said, for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, uh, and, it might and, be anecdotal, but there is a large population of Boer refugees living in like North Carolina and stuff in like the Charlotte area and they assimilate right in I mean they, they're just the same as us honestly like there's yeah. no it, it does make sense that like you you can take a Boer out of, of Africa and put him anywhere else in the white world and you would not tell the difference they're just Dutch <laughs> you know like I think the Dutch might take offense to that. They probably do because I mean, there's Germans and there's English and part of that. The, the Boer, the Boers, the, the their own ethnic group easily. Um, and, but they. But um, hold on, uh, Heimat oh, Boden, uh, homeland, oh, home territory. Can the Boers be considered part of the Western? Uh, I mean, American Europe is that the same home territory? I mean, it straddles the Atlantic. Yeah, but at the same and it's time, it's the same. Yeah. It's this, it's broadly the same, like flora and fauna i mean the forests here look the same as they do in europe i mean there's minor differences they look prettier in europe <laughs> yeah i mean but for the most you, part yeah. if you go to russia that's all uh it looks different in russia they're they're all those uh creepy little white trees you know what i mean oh yeah the yeah, linden those, trees the really dark forest. i'm not a nature person i don't i never went you know <laughs> i don't know what trees are An but arbalist. they're like white trees and whereas in western birch, birch trees yeah birch that's yeah. it they're the birch mm. unlike western europe and america where you have the normal like oak trees and stuff they have these Pines like, and creepy right? oak tree like forests birch, for birches, just yeah. kilometers square hundreds of kilometers just birch trees yeah mm. it's weird but uh so south africa though i mean is that 
I mean, or should we just say that this part of the definition is stupid? Like, do you not? I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's dumb. I think that it, I think it, it works in context on a, on, a, on a grander scale. I don't think that it necessarily applies universally, though. And specifically when we're talking about the Boers, um, I, they weren't in South Africa long enough, right? I mean, they, they've been there for quite some time. Don't get me wrong. They were, yeah, three or 400 years. They've been maybe. there longer than the United States. The, the, my point is, is, though, is that they weren't um they weren't i don't know taken in by nature itself of the area like they they didn't assimilate to their environment if that makes sense right like they assimilated the environment to to them it's not it's not the other way around so they're not necessarily from africa right they're not necessarily they don't like they don't take on a characteristic that's uniquely african they're not from africa right they're not you know like south africa but like the point is is like they're not now to be now when we're talking about modernism like in the modern world right now you can see the difference here where there's a difference between the boar and i hate to use this term because it's technically not seen in anthropological senses but it should be zef the difference between the boar and the zef cultures zef oh wait are you talking about the antwoord i am like actually that, that band? I, I am and here's the deal all right explain this for right here's people. your yeah. here's your here's your here's your spiritualism this is your dichotomy within the boer people this is your two spirits right your african spirit versus your european spirit and you can see it in south africaners so the boers are still european they still have that european pioneer spirit the zef the, the zef culture is africa that is Africa. So the Zef subculture is that's like, Africa. It, forgive me, Wigger. Yes, it it's is. Like yeah, it, like it's Africanized whites. It is, and that's the thing. Those are the those are the South African. Those are the Afrikaners that cannot be assimilated into Western civilization because they are of a completely different heimat. They are Africans, right? They are, <laughs> for lack of a better word, like that's what they are. They're Africans as compared to the Boers who are still European in spirit, in culture, in the way that they act, the way that they, they have that Faustian mentality. The Zeph have not. The Zeph, the, the, the Zeph are, are defeatist They've gone nihilist. native. They have, but worse so. It's, it's They have completely just broken down any type of semblance they have to a spiritual European uh, 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 way of thinking. They have, they have become from Africa. So you're, exemplar of Zef culture is the band De Antwoord. They coined the term, actually. Okay. Yeah. So and they, they do example. very, I mean, I guess what's, what was that? We were watching a movie of theirs the other day. I'd heard about this like 10 Chappie? years ago. The movie Chappie? No, no, no. The oh. music video. Oh, no, no. There's an actual film that exemplifies this even better. There's two, actually. Two films that are, it's done by a South African director or whatever, and he utilizes Zef culture predominantly in his film. So these people, like, they wear, like, hoodies and stuff. He, that, they have weird piercings, strange hair haircuts, a lot, very tribalistic. They've adopted, like, a, a feral appearance almost. They've gone feral, effectively. Mm -hmm. Abandoned by the European spirit into the, the wilds of Africa, and they have become creatures of their environment at this point. Um, this is a perfect example of evolutionary of, of, of anthropology. It's unreal, but so to the two films that they that they so have in the done, same way that like the American smokes tobacco and shaves his head in a mohawk. Yes, actually, like the like the the the, um, the Aldo the Apache type of character, right from that one movie, uh, that one Tarantino film, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So the, that kind of idea, where yes, like the Americans have the mohawks and they're like you know using tomahawks in World War Two kind of crap, like that. They've gone native. Like they have lost the European spirit. They are complete savages, and that's basically what the heck happened to the Zef culture. But there's the 
again, just for our reference sake, if for any of our listeners that actually want to go and uh, get a little rough course of, of their culture, there's two films, uh, District 9 and Chappie. Uh, these two films are are totally exemplar of, of Zeph ideology within South Africa. Uh, actually, the one I was going to say was Babies on Fire. Oh, my God. Yeah, that as far as yeah, if you want, music. you want like a five minute music video yeah. introduction to what a, this Zeph culture. Because yeah. everybody in the music video is white. Every single person in the music video is white. But it is extremely African. Yeah, like, yeah, hardcore. Like, it is just, it's so foreign to any type of European ideology or any type of European culture or anything else. It's just, it's, it's devoid of the European spirit. Devoid of it. And so, you, you can see, again, even within larger groups, if we, if we want to say the, the macro group of the Afrikaners, you still have to break it down into micro groups as to what actually does classify as our people. What classifies as Western as Western people, um, and fifty percent basically, you know, like half of them are not, and half. Of them so, I mean, we're talking about this with like South Africa, but I was sort of alluding to this, but like obviously, this same phenomenon has happened uh, in America and and mm-hmm. in Europe too, with like more than just superficial adaptation of foreign influences like right. i don't mean you listen to a rap song the other day <laughs> yeah you just become black no but what we're talking about slavs we can use the same example a very similar example to zef in slavdom the gopniks that is not like that, that well now you're confusing things because well it, is that is the gopnik not the true slav well no but here but, but isn't is aren't we making the argument that slavs are not of the western people yeah, right. I'd agree with that. So the the lower degenerative element of that being the expression of the Gobnik is the the like your lowest common denominator of a foreign spirit, right? Of a different spirit. Like this is like as compared. Yeah, I don't to- see dudes with like Americans or Europeans of any social stratum squatting and wearing Adidas and smoking cigarettes. Right. It doesn't work like it, that. It isn't a thing. Right. And so what and what but what is the and we can we can try to juxtapose this to what is a true Western uh you know low expression of spirituality and that is like your rustic peasant type. Right? That's a, a totally evangelical Christianity, let's say. Oh yeah, yeah. Any of these types of things. These are like your your lower expressions of 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 the spirit, but they are very distinct between these cultures and these peoples. Very distinct. You mean between white peoples, between yeah. French and Germans and stuff? Well, between the larger groups, Westerns and Slavs or the, oh, the oh, South okay. Africans, right? Between you can see, like, uh, as, yeah, the, the very smaller pieces to it, the very bottom of it. But, because, and then the high culture is obviously the easy one to denote, right? High culture being the, your, your easy your easy dividing line between, you know, West and East or all these other types of groups and whatnot. Um but even even down to the to the micro level, the smaller the the, the 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 basal groups, you can see this division of spirit. Is is the point here? Is that no matter what element, no matter what uh, uh, social stratum you look at from these areas, you can see a divide in the spirit uh, between these different groups, and that is an easy denotation, in my opinion, of, of who our people are. You can just see how how do they act when they're poor? How do they act when they're rich? How do they act when they're they're middle class? These th- like, it, these are spirits that that express themselves in certain ways. That that the middle class of the what would be considered the Western diaspora basically all act the same. The lower class basically all act the same. Upper class basically all act the same. And then when you cross into these different areas where the lower class, middle class, and upper class are totally spiritually different from these other groups, even if they are the same racial backing, that's where you have a division between. Yeah, groups. I'm thinking of like really gauche russians who get filthy rich and they when they come to the west and 
rather than being uh, rather restrained. I mean, I've I've met rich people before, and they're often strangely like Spartan, and they have like weird habits, and they tend not to be gaudy. It's only yeah, it's it's like when Russians get rich in the West or in Russia, they go. They berserk. like build a mar- marble palace, right? It's it's like we can we can. Uh, I guess Italians do the same thing, but we can but we can look at. The, but well, it's like a tasteful marble right, pal- and, palace, right? Because here's a good comp. Here's a good juxtaposition: Italian opulence versus Persian opulence. Yeah, you are the expert in this, so, uh, right? You know, like it's just a tasteful people. fountain and maybe some swimming pools, not like you know gross drapery everywhere right and like just completely clad in gold right like, <laughs> <laughs> like you actually have a human being clad in gold in the back kind of thing like in, in Persia or something but it is you do have these these massive spiritual differences even between the different classes of 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 a people and i think these are easier things to denote once once you start looking at uh everything under a microscope and start to to depict this um so you know depending on your mediterranean groups compared to your scandinavian groups or whatever the heck else you do have similar um similar points again as you were saying talking about with the upper classes with austerity and, and types of things like self self-imposed austerity and whatnot as compared to just absolute decadence um now not that this is also where we can say things went wrong in the west when did these things go wrong and the spirit of the elites separate from the spirit of the lower classes right look at france in the revolution like you had this this mass decadence and things that that kind of you had this separation because the the elites had spiritually separated themselves from their people and so you had a a, a division you had you had conflict and you had you know, a, 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 a revolution after that um so this was a big deal with Hitler and National Socialism and whatnot. Is that it's a unified effort between the classes, kind of thing. It's not that we're gonna have a classless society like Marxism yeah. or something, but it's the point that you have to have this spiritual unification, a spiritual continuity between your lower, middle, and upper classes. You have to have a spiritual continuity between these different groups to make a people. And if you have a a a, a clear delineation between the spiritual the spiritualism between the upper and lower classes, you're gonna have a divide. You're gonna have a revolution again um and this was an issue uh with uh you know like with with other not to say all the Habsburgs or anything else but you had you had this this clear element coming out of the 1800s where you were going to have a spiritual difference between a lot of your elites and your lower classes and that that caused a lot of turmoil so it, it pretty much culminating yeah, just, in things I mean, like when that happens like the upper class and lower class just start to hate each other exactly this i mean there's always going to be class differences but all right but when it gets to that level yeah yeah. Then there's then there's no reconciling, right? And that's that's the problem. And then then at that point in time, you have two different peoples. That's where it becomes a problem because you, th- that's where you have this this elite group that mingles with Jews and everything else like that. They become not just spiritually different; they become racially different than us. And so this is this is where you have to get this breakdown of what is a people even amongst your own people. All right. So are South Africans part of the Western people? The Boers, yes. Okay. I agree. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, even including, including the the, even going off the Metapedia definition, like home home territory. I mean, loosely, yeah, yeah. Like you're, you can have colonies in like different areas that are connected by sea, and as long as you're you know, maintaining contact with the right. the other group, you're still part of the same people. Mm-hmm. You'll Collect- take on an ethnicity, and yeah, and a collective historical consciousness. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't. 
wasn't educated in South Africa, but I imagine their textbooks have stuff about the Reformation. Oh, and, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Greece and Rome and stuff like that. Like yeah. that that's certainly they what know they know classical about. history. They understand antiquity. Yes. They, you know, I'm sure they studied Latin. You know, there's, yeah. there's no. Yes. They, they're, all right. So. Uh, so we. All right. We agree there. What about. I was going to go. Mm, no. What about. <laughs> Big controversy. Or, well, let's take let's take an easy one. Uh Argentina and Chile. Okay. So you have fairly large, mostly European descended peoples. I mean, we'll, we'll exclude the Indios here. Like right, we're, not, right. we're not including. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the Incans. Yeah. Right. That's and a, when I say Americans, I mean you know, right, real Americans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the displaced people who voted for George W. Bush. Oh my God. <laughs> White Americans. Out. I'm leaving. <laughs> White Americans. Argentinians and Chileans, though, yes. or in, in southern Brazilians, and mm. and uh, I think we can include Ted Cruz in this category as well. Hispan- <laughs> white Hispanics, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, honestly, that's another term that I think is just as misleading as white is Hispanic. Hispanic was originally denoted for the mixed races that came from Hispaniola, specifically, I, and I know that it's become way different than that at this point. But uh, whites who live in Monroe Doctrine Land. Yeah, yeah actually, yes. Okay. Any, any, Sorry, I no, did, did Hispanic confuse you? Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Any, any, any white that falls under the Monroe Doctrine. Yes. Okay. So, uh, South American whites, uh, right, or anything else like that. They a lot of times kind of do. All right. Let's let's go down the list here. All right. Yeah. Racial so, basis. Check. Yes. Language. Eh, no. They, I mean, they do. So they speak Spanish. They, a lot of them speak English, and and. Spanish. Spanish, Spanish is Spanish is a classical language of Western civilization. I mean, you right. Know, so they have language. It's the language thing is now. It's not as bastardized confusing. though as Mexican. That's a, that's the big deal. Uh, so. Let's let's just leave that. Right. I mean, we're considering Western Europe, uh, even though not a single Italian. Well, most Italians refuse to learn English, but they they're <laughs> still they still count. And the same with the French. They still count what whether they like it or not. Right. Uh, culture. They're not Aztecs. They're closer to Cortez than they are to Montezuma. So, that is true. Yes, yeah. check. Yeah. Customs. Well, they can put on a coat and a tie, and they can. They do the, the they, European ki- uh, cheek kisses and everything else like that. They do have the, the customs still. Mostly, yeah. We'll yeah. give them. We'll give them that. Homeland. Yeah, we'll ignore that. Okay, but well, no, here, here's the important geographically one. Geographically, it's still similar. Yeah, but here's the important one. Shiksal. Uh, mm. Do they have the same? Inf- the, do they have the common fate with us? Yes. Absolutely. Why? Are they oppressed by international Jewish finance? Oh, so much so. And there's also ah. been, and some of the some of the only anti-Jewish pogroms to happen in the, in the modern age have come out of South America. Where they well, kick, I mean, uh, the Arabs do anti-Jewish pogroms well, true, too. True, true. Well, as far as Western people are concerned. Okay. As far as Western people are concerned, they're the only ones. Well, now you're just begging the question here. Yeah. I mean, they... But they are oppressed by international Jewish finance. They are, for sure. But then again, all, all people in the world are oppressed by international Jewish finance. What makes the fate of, or the to use a less romantic term, the uh, political interests of Latin American whites the same as us. Because the Jews use the same tactics against them that they do against us with the anti-racism posters and also the, their nonsense. Oh, okay. They the, use, abor- the abortion. The, all like, of it. Everything. Uh, the gay, feminism. The, the gay stuff. The faggotry. Yeah, all of that. Uh-huh. All that stuff. They are the, the same tools that are being weaponized against us are effective against them as well because they are us. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a scientific equation, right? That creature is susceptible to this weapon we use it and yeah you don't see faggotry being terribly effective as a 
in like India or no. Africa or a little bit in Russia, but yeah, there's only there was a degeneracy li- and decadence. There was a little it. bit, but it, nothing comparable to the way that faggotry could be used as a political weapon in the West. The West. It's unreal. I mean, this is the I it, China. No, no, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, that's like that's not even an issue over there, right? So they can't get into those types of places with that. This is just unreal. What's happening to us? But yes, and South America is the same. South America has the exact same problems uh, that that we do here in North America. Um, same propaganda, same cultural issues, uh, you know, the, the weaponization of, of Marxism in, in, in impoverished areas and whatnot. Even though, as we, as we, a lot of people know, Chile has the most Prussian military still. They still wear Stahlhelms and everything else like that. LOL. And, I know. It looks great. It, it's, um, you got a but, bunch of cholos like goose yeah, stepping around. It really is. Right? It's like, great. If anybody, great. if anybody goes on YouTube and looks up uh, the Chilean uh, military marches, it is some uh, of the uh, <laughs> some of the greatest stuff you ever you're ever like see. playing Poison's Gloria. Yeah, it's because <laughs> now there's a history there though too. We're talking about common history here. Chile did adopt Prussian militarism because the Prussians did send troops down there to train the Chilean military. They have they have a very long history of of Prussian right, I mean, militarism. Your, Chile has got to be the the hardest country in the world to come up with a defense contingency plan for yeah it's just a coastline up a continent <laughs> like that sounds like, like a who are we gonna ask let's ask the prussians yeah because uh god knows we have to deal with this argentinian problem <laughs> and they i mean that's, those the mountains were the biggest deterrent there but the point is is that yes the argentinians uh the the chileans and a bunch of the other south american whites uh do easily fall under western diaspora for sure they, they fall under the category of the people because i mean they have all the, the right categories for that and mexico is the is the big um outlier here uh because it it had the most natives and was the least assimilated um, yeah. even though even though at one point in time in the 1800s mexico was the powerhouse empire on north america right militarily speaking when it was you know post new spain and all this other fun stuff they had a massive military that was totally modernized more so than what the united states had you know they had you know it, it, napoleonic looking troops and everything else like that santa Ana's army was a fascinating uh very european-esque looking military and it was run by by Europeans, I mean Santa Ana wasn't wasn't Aztec, you know what I mean? Um, he was he was a Spanish basically, and then so uh, all these other me- there's a lot of Mexican elites that are just Spanish, um, and so I think that you can take. I think you can take their elites, but at the same time, I think this is where the divide happens. South America has closer ties to Western ideologies and Western spirit than Mexico, who had enough time to develop itself as a different empire from the West. And that, I think, is what really separates the cultural divide between the West and Mexico, is that Mexico technically can see itself as its own empire and its own culture, its own separate entity outside of it, even though it came from the same history with its elites only. And I think that's the same thing with Russia. Russia's elites at the time, Catherine the Great and all these other they were Germans, right? And so they were able to to German Germanify um, parts of Russia for a time, but when that was when they were removed, it 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 completely relapsed back into non non Western uh, you know under the Western umbrella. Mexico, I believe, is the same thing. Um, is that you have these elites that at, came from Europe, but at the same time they're governing over these non non European peoples that are completely foreign to us as far as culture, spirit, you know, race, everything. They're totally foreign to us. Born over there, they're from there. They evolved over there in the jungles of of of, of you know Mexico and whatnot, the Mayans and the Aztecs. Yeah, because you bring you bring. 
like Mexican or Cuban whites into America. Cubans are a different story because that's like that was basically all Spain for a while. But well, but yeah. you bring either one of them into America and they start acting as a as a political group. Yeah, that's true. Of their own, not. Yeah. They don't assimilate. Now, the at least reason, not quickly. No, it's true. And I think the, the big problem for Cuba too is that the Cubans, the Cubans that come over, the whites that come over here from Cuba, tend to have a the, the singular agenda is to remove communism from Cuba. That's their singular agenda. They they unify politically for the sole idea of liberating their yeah, island. Yeah, and they come from, to America, and then it's to use um, the American military to yeah kick out castro and reinstall the you know batista or whatever right basically they, what they want is is they, they have a political goal that is ethnicized right like an ethnicized political goal that is unique to that they can be assimilated but you have to remove them from the mentality all the white cubans ha- that that come over here have to be removed from the mentality that they are uh, that that Cuba is, is yeah. the end all be all, right? Like, right. They, so we they, should, do, we should political... do the Assyrian policy and like forcibly migrate them to Wisconsin, yeah, or something, and just to get out of Miami, like break up. Yeah, because they're too they're too close to, to their political goal is the big deal, mm-hmm. right? In, in South Florida now, because they they they're looking at this micro issue of an island nation that is unfortunately no longer white, right, or white dominant for that matter. The majority of the whites have basically left and come here, and then you know that's where you get all these political elements to it. They want they have a nostalgia for what you know was their home or whatever you know and they want to liberate it from communism cool we all hate communism at the same time though that goal is getting in the way of the greater racial goal yeah and and the way they're going about pursuing this goal is is effectively just sucking up to jewish power and then using the rest of us to like pursue that goal and which is annoying right i'll say i mean i guess i could i could deal with the cubans as a you know white american yeah white western european and say all right guys you want cuba back let's make a deal we'll invade cuba well once a Jew, assuming jewish international power is gone right yeah, yeah. that we're suit we're we're in larp land now jewish yeah. international power <laughs> is gone yeah uh okay cuban white cubans you want that back let's talk about how we're going to do that yeah or if we're going to do it or to what extent we're going to do it but you know using us now through it's just because i don't like ted cruz well, I don't blame you. I don't <laughs> or Marco Rubio. It, well, because they suck. They're conservative assholes, and that's the thing. But they're, they're, they're worse than just conservative assholes. Mm. Mitch McConnell is a conservative asshole. Mm, fair. They are, like, pretending to be conservative assholes to promote their own sub-ethnic interests. Mm, true. That while pretending to be white, well, but then also pretending to be not white. Yeah. It's, like, the most fake and gay possible way to do politics. Yes. Is these guys. Because they're, well, they, they've basically, again, that that group that does that is spiritually different in that sense because they are just playing off different groups to get their own you know their their own agenda uh, accomplished and unfortunately it does come at the expense of a lot of other white cubans that are just not like that they just want to like check the hell out and have left you know they've gone elsewhere this like in new jersey there's actually a, a large diaspora of cubans in new jersey that doesn't engage politically like that they just kind of have restaurants and they eat croquettes and they chill right so mm-hmm. like and they totally fit in with with the the other latin All right we'll groups. form an ss battalion of them uh. yeah, okay, yeah you're, you're <laughs> the ss havana dude <laughs> but you know like because they, they but they assimilate easily into the other latin cultures in new jersey right with, like the italians and stuff the cubans um, as being spaniards just kind of meld in easily with other mediterranean style cultures all right other uh edge groups here we should wrap up but mm-hmm. uh yeah because we could go on all day about this other other edge quasi white peoples well let's let's take the americans yes uh, on large yeah 
I think it's the same thing with South Africa. I know some people would contend that Americans are not one people. Yeah. Uh, I know the Southerners would. And every time I go to the South, I have to agree with them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it it's is, different. It is a foreign seeming like I've in, in traveling across America in the last like few years doing movement stuff I've started to get a better feel for the the differences between Midwesterners and Southerners and Pennsylvanians and, and yeah. New Englanders and yeah I mean the South the South if anything is a, a distinct nation within America yeah uh, arguably also your Midwest Germans and Scandinavians or, mm-hmm. versus your Yankees in New England and Michigan and uh, your West Coast people or your yeah. Texans or whatever else. Yeah. It's, and that's why I, I kind of... I so think do that, all these, do all these, oh, I guess what I'm saying is, oh, do all these American subgroups belong within the postulated greater white folk? The over... The, the not white, sorry, the Western, the Faustian folk. Right, yeah. So I think, I think that's a yes and no question or answer. I think it's a yes and no answer. So you have... Can we exclude the South? No, we cannot. Yeah, because we we fought for the South. (laughs) (laughs) No, we cannot. Uh, And the reason being is because it's not... um, The spirit's not necessarily different. The culture is not different. Uh, Overarching, we're talking about the the macro here. Now, I think that that what we're seeing, though, is that the difference between the Midwest and the South and New England, right, or, you know, the uh, the seaboard area, right, uh, that's just the European breakup as well, uh, that we see the same thing. Now... Where it gets complicated are where you have a divide between Europeans in America and Americans, just like South Africa, mm-hmm. right? How like we know for a fact that there is a so like Appalachians, for instance, Americans. Yes. Okay. Like, well, no, 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 no. Sorry, that I, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. Appalachians are like the European diaspora people, right? They're uh-huh. just they're. So who are who are American? Who have assimilated to the soil? Right. So you're uh, probably uh, the ones the people that that most uh, associate themselves with the natives. The spirit of Americanization and make and and it's it's the nativization. It's, it's the removal of your European spirit in favor of a foreign spirit. And that foreign spirit happens to just be also just from here, right? From the Americas. So, like, this this concept of total rebellion for no reason kind of thing, right? Like, there's there's no sense of, like, basically, anarchy. I know it sounds strange. These people don't seem that like they want anarchy, but their constant goals are always towards a, dis, like, a, a destruction of established norms. So, they are anarchists in some spiritual right, way. Right, libertarians. Okay. Uh, I would say the, this is an edge case of, like, whites in america who have gone full, oh yeah full non-white among the great the among the main identifiable sub nations within america let's say the south right is there any one of them that doesn't belong to the community uh the greater community of white nation of western european white countries Let's see, because we Pan can't, Ariana. We can't. We we, can, we can't exclude the uh, the Creole French down there in Louisiana. That's a good point. Yeah, we can't. That, because that that's. I mean, that they're different than the rest of the South. That's the thing. They're mm-hmm. totally different than the rest of the South. They have their own language. They have their own history. Right. They have. It's, they're totally different. But you're close. You're close. But but the Creole French are to America as they are to France. I mean, right. the difference like if France and us can be part of the same polity, yeah. so can the Creole. That's French. why I, that's I'll why tell you who it is. 
Wait, you're forget- you have an idea of who, oh, I do. Of who to I, remove? Okay, yeah. I was saying that we should include the, the Creoles. No, who who does not fit in yeah. this in this group? And it's the Amish. <laughs> Here we go again. Well, no, no, you <laughs> no, laugh. You no, laugh. No, it's true. I, but like, you're based totally on these right, definitions, about it. based yeah. on the definition, like, do they speak English? I mean, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But like that... Yeah. <laughs> The, no, lang- the no. language thing is the most difficult and, and, and uh, it really honestly, is. it's the most permeable. Like this, mm. Yoki disagreed with language as at all as mm. being a criterion of like, are you part of the same culture? And, right, right. And, and Spangler did too. So we'll, we'll set that one aside because that can get tiresome and technical. Right. But racial basis. Um, they are very. Yeah. yeah well, here, here's, here's, so here's why this definition is correct in separating racial basis and heredity or mm. ancestry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because the Amish have the same racial basis as we do, but they have their own ancestors that are not our ancestors. Right. They didn't intermingle or anything. They else are like that. A, a subgroup that is splitting off from Western civilization and have consciously done so. They have yes, they have they have immigrated out of the West. Even though they still live in our territory, yes. they've immigrated spiritually out of the West. And they also on the the other one, Gemein Samas Shiksal, uh, common fate they do not see themselves as they don't give a damn if America lives or dies Obliterates they don't give itself, a shit yeah. they will Jew the fuck out of the tax system right to get what's theirs they don't give a I think I know the next group you're going to talk about and it starts oh are you saying are you saying i'm going to talk about another group i am because i know exactly where you're going with if, you, if, you, if you're if you're talking about the Amish in this episode i know the well, next I'm just group. i'm just saying the, the Amish, Mormons yeah whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa the, yeah whoa whoa the mormons the amish though i'll get to that <laughs> the amish because they have the same at least they have the same racial basis mm-hmm. i think can assimilate um some, oh they can assimilate and, and, for sure. many, and, and some do right now in the case of the mormons they have a whole festival of assimilating back but that separates them the case us. of the mormons i mean really what it comes down to is a question of for any individual is if the Mormon Church and the National Socialist Movement have a dispute, whose right. side are you on? Like that—that that really is it. Yeah. As far as is the Mormon people separate from? I would say it because they, they don't even practice what would be considered true. Like they 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 engage in polygamy and whatnot, right? These, well, only only true Mormons. True, true. But and but to be fair, those are their their elites, right? The ones that are setting the spirit. Is, is this? I don't this think thing. the elites do. It's it's only like the fundamentalists. Would you not if you weren't an elite? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, the elites don't do it. I mean, allegedly. Right. I mean, I, I'd imagine they absolutely do. If they if they codified it, the point the point. My point. No, is they had that, to renounce. They had for our non-American friends. Right. Uh, the Mormons are this weird cult in Utah, <laughs> and I am not mansplaining this. Like oh. I, people in Europe. I mean, people in Russia have no fucking idea. You tell them oh. about Mormons, they're like, what? Still? <laughs> <laughs> like we have this weird cult in America uh, among many. Hmm. Uh, called the mormons they live in utah mainly and they, they were founded they 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 migrated from the east eastern they were areas kicked out from place to place and they initially had polygyny but in order to become part of the union they had to renounce polygyny and then they became state but there's still mormon holdouts yeah. who practice polygyny right it's yeah it's still a thing that is known but my point being though is that their practices are legitimately different than the west and then like even the, yes. like and that's that now the true the true mormon right yeah and to be fair is as different from us as an arabian is from us <laughs> spiritually speaking perhaps yeah. yeah um but that's the they have the racial makeup right and they the common origin though this is different the mormons are americans 
Not European Americans, right? Yes, because Americans. because they they formed as a people in here, America. Yes, their ideologies come from here. Even their philosophy, their religion starts here. The angels are in America. They're not anywhere else in oh, that's, the world. Yeah, that's a good point. Because right? like we Americans, as insofar as we are a people, yeah, we formed in America, but it was on a European basis, right? They formed. They formed in America. They a, threw out everything, yep. and they wrote a bunch of gold tablets about <laughs> Angel Maruni and everything. Yeah, in okay. America, they are they everything that is their creation myth is American. They migrated from parts of America. They were kicked out of American culture in the East, and they had to migrate west. Everything about them is totally within this continent. Now, um, I did come across an interesting comment by Yoki oh boy. about the Mormons, and he <laughs> would disagree with you. Would he? He would say that the Mormons were a people, mm. but they ceased to be a people when they submitted to the federal government Ooh. and renounced their polygyny and their other religious, uh, some what other, whatever other religious doctrines. Well, they mm. certainly did when they renounced uh, racism. They used to believe that blacks were cursed, right. and so now well, officially they don't. They believe believed that. the same thing that the Jews believed, and that was but the I, curse of Ham. I don't know. I guess maybe I would dispute that with Yoki and say I think uh, the Mormons, you know. On the surface, they've done a couple of these things surface, to, yeah. to please their Jew overlords, but like really, that that Mormon spirit is still there. Oh yeah, as you know, oppressed by Faustianism, which is being oppressed by Judaism yeah. as much as Faustianism is oppressed by it's Judaism. Like onion guys, it's like yeah, layers of oppression here. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, uh, if, if we peel back the layers of oppression in the world, yes. Um, it's in my opinion, though. So I yeah, say, I mean, if any yeah. Mormons are listening, um, we do want you to join Team Nazi. Yeah, so, come, like, come, you know, come home. Guys. You're, you're always welcome on Team Nazi. Yeah, you know, just, uh, your your blood is from Europe. Guys. I may have sounded. Like, we may say like we're saying that you're not white, but you are. You are white. <laughs> you're just not part of our people until you you know accept Adolf right. Hitler and, and, into your heart. And this is a religious. This is a religious proclamation, guys. <laughs> so the point being, though, is that we have to. We have to. These are these are massive dividing lines of what actually comes out to be a people, right? And this is how. This is how hard this conversation honestly is. This is a very difficult conversation. And when we flesh this out, like there's going to have to be literature to to define this. Yeah, and, and I stuff. think. Yeah. The most of the things mentioned in that definition are useful sort of uh, tools for determining yep. if you're looking at the present or you're looking but at they shouldn't a, be any any past period. Yep. All right, racial basis, yep. ancestry, language, culture, customs, homeland, and uh, historical oh historical uh, consciousness yep. and common fate. Mm-hmm. Common so fate. The common, the common fate thing is is That's actually the, deal with the Mormons though they don't they don't see themselves as having a common fate. No, the common fate thing is actually the most interesting and useful I mm. think of all of those things. That's fair, at least in the short term, because you know using the word fate, you know, shiksal, right? Uh, it, it sounds a bit romantic and and misty, but if you just take it to mean political interest. Like, what is going to happen to you if you take any particular action? That's fate. Yeah. So that is a pretty easy way to delineate groups of people. And yes, if you only use that thing, you could conclude, well, blacks and whites in America have the same political fate in the short term because we both say we, that. We, we need to oppose international Jewish power and so on. Right. That, that's why we have everything else in the definition. Right. Yeah. This is like in the 
fucking army when they give you all they give you the explanation of like the soldiers creed like i'm an american soldier i'm a warrior member of team yep uh i serve the people in the united states and their army vows. i always place a mission first i'll never accept defeat i'll never quit i will never leave a fallen comrade all that stuff is like exhaustively explained to you what each thing means yeah like i will never accept defeat i will never quit i will never leave a fallen comrade well what is i mean there are situations where you might leave somebody out there well, you're going to come back for him. Right, yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. There's and with this definition, we can kind of do the same thing. Blacks and whites, yes, we may have a common political fate in the short term. Right, definitely. So The whole world actually against Jews. The whole, yeah, the, yeah whole the, whole world world against, the whole world against every Jews. Every race has the same common fate if we don't deal with this problem. So, yeah, the, we can't take the common fate thing as being the only thing. All those yeah. other things matter. But the common fate thing, I think, is the most important because it's what is missing from most Americans' understanding of race and or more of what a people is. Yeah. Because that is what dis- distinguishes a Russian uh, from an American. Yeah. Or if you're talking to somebody who doesn't understand the Jewish question, what distinguishes a Jew right. from an American or a Western European? And, you know, part of the problem, too, is we just don't even have a word to describe our people yeah uh, we keep saying we american european folk whatever yeah. aryan faustian I, aryan I, covers a lot of other stuff too i, I mean i guess know. but yeah because aryan could mean north indian you know right the hindu kush is, is a it was an aryan stronghold they have the same mythos as the aryans they they are the ones who hold the old do aryan the ca- text. i mean do, are the kafirs white <sighs> Hot take. <laughs> Are they part of our folk? <laughs> the, the, the the pagans of uh, yeah. like uh, Pakistan right. who are light skinned and light haired. I mean, a lot of my blue who eyes are and green common eyes ancestry, and stuff. common Red racial hair. basis. Yeah. it's you know, but they 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 are they're foreign in a sense. You know, yeah. totally. Again, there that's again there. There's a list of criteria to help weed out into what it is that this is, so you don't have such a broad right. basis of everything. And it takes a certain amount of judgment and yeah. discernment, which is why. You know, a poll discussion might not be the most educational way right. to approach this. True. Yeah. So you have the in-depth elements too. But again, these types of conversations, I think, are going to persist long into our future um, for a bit now. I mean, hopefully we can we can narrow it down before then and start getting things getting things uh, you know wrapped up so we can start moving forward uh, towards unifying a people, um, and we can actually get something done. Um, but I think this, as far as an academic uh, discussion is concerned, until we actually are able to come up with proper terminology for this, we're going to have a major uphill battle for this discussion. Yeah. All right. Well, what what would you propose that we call ourselves? I think that's that's I think that's that's what we should end the the. No, uh, I just uh, I just came up. Uh, you give me oh, some, you, you I, I, I just had Wotan struck me with inspiration. Oh boy! All right. So I I, I actually I actually have no idea. We, I, we, I've, I've racked Western my Europeans, European. I mean, we could just call ourselves Europeans and redesignate the word European to mean us, right? And just throw out Europe as a concept, mm. and European just means great grandson of Charlemagne. You know, like great grandson of Charlemagne. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, you could do that. You could. I you think you could say Faustian. That was I think Spangler's it's, term. It's too easy, I think, though, to be weaponized against us because of the geographical association. Currently, mm-hmm. that's the big deal. Is that you? you well, I'm have not. Something. I'm not European. I'm American. Right, and that's another element uh, too. It's it's you have to uh, find something that goes beyond all of that, beyond all current knowledge of things. I, I've got one for you. Let's hear it. Atlantean. Yes. I mean, it's kind of a LARP, but like. But the problem is, though, is when we're talking about Aryans and Atlanteans, there's like well, let's just old pretend, school uh, designations for, for this. I know that <laughs> the Atlantis, right? But like, it does kind of and... elegantly sum up. It is a term that isn't in common use. 
it elegantly sums up America, Canada, British Isles, and Europe. I mean, the Pan Atlantic. I think uh, people, you know, the peoples, Australians, and their other friend island are. See, what happens if the Moroccans want to get in on this though? When we say that, <laughs> well, they're not Atlanteans. You're you're Saharans. I okay, fair. But <laughs> have you ever seen a Moroccan in a boat? Well, not since we destroyed them in the eighteen what thirties. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> states. Yeah. Exactly. So. But yeah, no, I, that's, uh, I think that's, yeah, then honestly, like this is one of those times where maybe we can open up the, uh, open up the, uh, the discussion in, in, uh, in chats. Uh, to, I know, I know. I don't like democracy. I don't either. I don't either. But here's the deal. It's not, it's not that we're, we're allowing them to create things. It's that we should, we should maybe see perhaps if the, if the population has terminology that they could, you know, that, cause again, it might not fit, but we should see. Maybe, maybe we should open up the, the open up the discussion. What does anybody that's listening think that we should be called? Yeah, what should we? Yeah, we need to call ourselves something before we can be a people. We right. Again, the idea has to precede the biology here, and the idea comes from. We, we know we're a people, damn it! But what? Yeah. What are we? Who well, are we? Right, and that's kind of the thing. Is like, are we at this new point here where it's like we're coming out of of, of, of nationalism as, as a defining factor, and we are moving into the evo- the true evolution of our folk, which is to become a unified biolo- a biological entity. Yeah, we. I mean, we, we could also just call ourselves Nazis <laughs> as a race, which is basically what the we've Nazi been doing. Race. Yeah. All right, I'm not necessarily against that. I mean, it does have a cool ring to it too. And it's like, what are you guys part of? We're the part yeah, of the, we're, we're Nazi. The, ra- the word the is Nazi already race. well established yeah. as like a, it kind of a cool sort of uh, and a and, cool guy who right? maybe is. You know, it, it it delineates hard. the Jews hate the word. Yeah, they automatically will will cause cause us to be foreign. Anybody who associates themselves with the Nazi race is automatically outside of Zog. And they're we're not a race. We're a people. Right. Sorry, the Nazi people. Right. We're still so, the white race. Right. 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 So of which you know. Uh, from which we can draw for strength. Right, yeah. We can draw Russians into the Nazi race. Right, yeah. Or the Nazi people. The Nazi people, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's the Nazi sorry. people. Yeah. Or, yeah, I guess, uh, you know... The Atlantean people. Or, well, yeah, and this is a huge debate, and we'll have this conversation moving on forward, though. But, yeah, I think that's that kind of... Uh, that puts us there at, at at the end of the question. There is what what are we, what should we be, effectively when we're moving when we're moving forward into evolution, uh, of our of our of our species and of our race, and and to develop a people out of this a unified people that's not based in the different nations and ethnicities that has a unified racial category. What are we? Mm-hmm.